Hi, I'm Cliff Chang, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Ah, see, he scoped you. He did. Yes. Smarter. Yeah, the verbal equivalent of a pump fake. He's smarter than the average bear. That's right. Now I'm going to get shade from the Tony, do you have the uh, countdown up on uh, your computer for the abstract of the dragon like I do? What? I have no idea what you're talking about. What's going on? Email, son. Don't working. And, yes, don't try to guess. But sitting at your desk drawing, you can't see the email every time. Every now and then. Now, uh, Julian sent the link, the, uh, the uh, Buster Ron and Q-Tip uh, mixtape. Oh. Midnight tonight? I'm, I'm still... Oh, oh shit, I, get, I gotta get some coffee. Yeah, Chris, let's get ready. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> I gotta say, though, I like Buster Rhymes a lot. Um, I feel like Chris tonight. I'm on, uh, I'm on PC time. That shit where he's getting chased by the elephant? I love that video. It's only 8 o'clock here. I feel like uh, Chris. <laughs> Except you're not angry. But I'm not gonna get sleepy at 10 o'clock. No. <laughs> Chris, I don't know either, buddy. It's been like this since the get-go. I have no idea. Because of that, because that asshole, I'm only going to send Vince this picture that I took. <laughs> oh, Chris, I told you I got the uh, camera for Beth on your He's recommendation. sending it to the oh, which, sexy which, one. Which, which one did you get? The, uh, this, 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 the 70D, right? The, which is the successor. Oh, you got, oh, you got the 70D? Yeah, player. You don't um, play? Yeah, you don't, you're not fucking around then. I'm, I'm, very anxious to hear what you uh, what you think about that. Um, that has um, awesome video capabilities, but it's got the same focusing. I'm getting nerdy. It's got the same focusing. In Seventy. You're gonna love. Well, yeah, it. you it's gave awesome. me the uh, very detailed <laughs> breakdown, and I uh, so I went I went with it. Nice, nice. It's gonna be a really good sports gamer for you. Meanwhile, Vince can't wait to talk about Dixon Frying Pan. Yeah, Dixon and Frying Pan, my brothers. That picture I sent to you? Let me see. I will check it right now. And in the meantime, I will tell everyone listening, ladies and gentlemen, oh, shit. you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 295, and I am very happy to be Vince B. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Photography Week- Weekly. That's okay. <laughs> Which is higher rated than us in the Visual Arts Podcast. Have you seen the, the ratings for those photography podcasts? They're like, they're, yeah, they are. That's exactly what I would call it. Crazy. Well, you know, you know who their biggest their biggest um, downloader is, right? Fred Eastman. No photographers. No, Gre- Greg Land. No, that's not <laughs> nice. <laughs> there he goes. Now he's going to be done for the rest of the night. I no, think Mister Mister Land's on the upswing. Come on, Mike. Yeah, I'm Christopher Eastman. It's good to be back. I missed you guys. I really. It's. I had to call David whenever I was like driving <laughs> on the highways and byways. I miss you, man. Uh, I was there. I loved it. Yeah. Well, you're the only one that will answer if I call. That is true. True. The other screen. The other screen. I'm yeah. not afraid of my phone. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm David Price, the person who Chris calls. Oh, isn't that nice? He's your boo. The lucky man. <laughs> it's true. And uh, straight out of Compton, by way of a magical land known as Equestria, I'm Prince Blue Blood. <laughs> I heard you like that. No, you're not, Prince Blue Blood. You're Jason Wood, everybody in the house. And David tells me that we have a guest this week. We do. Did we, we do. did we get Aaron Cooter? <laughs> Tell me we got Aaron Cooter. Oh, you're so happy. 
Or Mahmoud Asrar. No. Oh, who'd we get? Mahmoud doesn't have time. He will not give us the time of day anymore. That, that exclusive Marvel guy. Yeah, but good now. for him. No, David, Congrats. who did we get? We got Mr. Tony fucking Fleece. Wow, yeah. I love him. I had no Yay. idea that was your middle name, dude. Fucking? Well, he doesn't tell IDW that because I guess it would run into trouble. That's my but... fiance says. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Dude, Tony. Long-awaited, much anticipated. Seriously. The appearance of Tony. Yes. We've been Affection- talking about this for like three years now. Affectionately yeah. known as Pony Tony and around these parts. Mm-hmm. Tony, step up to the microphone, sir. Am I away from the microphone? Yes, there you're go. very good now. You sound great. You're making right, and, and y'all should jump on your little ponies and, and ride on over to DCBService.com where you will find deep discounts on all your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as from Image. It's another number one uh, in a long string of number ones. This one's called Fuse, written by Anthony Johnson and um, drawn by Justin Greenwood. Cover price is three fifty. Your price, buck seventy five. From Fantagraphics, it's a very rare instance of them publishing a floppy with a lot of really good people involved, uh, not the least of which is uh, Matthew Thurber, Jason T. Miles. I talked about it last week. A lot of the guys from Kramer's Ergot are in this. It's called Insect Math, and you can get it for $1.99. That's half price. And last but not least, from IDW, Mr. Fleek's Home, it's uh, The Rogue Trooper. Yay! That's an awesome series. This time around, written by Brian Ruckley and drawn by Alberto Ponticelli of uh, Frankenstein fame. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and Glenn Fabry does the cover, and I'm sure there will be uh, alternate versions as well. Three ninety nine cover price. What are they going to get it for? Half off. Half off, just like boys' pants. There we you go. can get it oh. for a dollar ninety nine. And remember. Uh, DCB service does not mind late orders or order additions. You can tell them whatever you want and they will do their damnedest to get it for you. Uh, previews is very, very cheap, a dollar and change. You can get it digitally or, or physically, which is the best way to do it. And, uh, if you're a first time customer, uh, David's gonna give you a code that you can enter into the well groom slot and you will get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David, what's that code? That code is EOC8. EOC8 is the code, three letters and a number. Use it, get an extra 8% off. DCBService.com, they are by far the very best. Go there. Do it. Yes. Hi, Tony. This is how we do Hey, fellas. What are you guys drinking tonight? Ooh. Taking control. I can see what's happening here. I've yeah, he's very replaced. I like <laughs> that a lot. Well, the thing is, Chris, you got to be here to be replaced. Oh, boy. Ooh, snap. This is the brotherly love episode. I had a very important fucking curling match last week. Apparently. Did you did you win? Yes, we won. We Good for actually, you. We're, we're on a tier in that league. It is uh um yeah. never cease. How many games just for so I get some perspective on this? How many games actually are in a curling season? Um in a well that's that's a complicated question. In a league, and we usually have sorry you asked already. No, I'm not. Three, three <laughs> sessions in a season, so there'll be a fall, winter, and spring session. Wow, and which one's usually a, uh, seven to eight weeks long. And how many games a week? Uh, one in oh. each league. But like I'm in three leagues at one time. Good so, God. Yeah, so I'll I'll play 
you know, 20, 24 to, you know, anywhere from, you know, 24 to, to 40 games in a session, depending on like tournaments and that kind of stuff. Wow. So, well, good for fun. you. What fun. do you, hmm? what, what are you drinking there? What am I drinking? I will lead off. Uh, yes. uh, for Jay, this is for Jason. Um, because it's really, you guys know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the biggest Grinch out of the group, surprisingly, right? I, I doubt that. I doubt that okay. very much, buddy. <laughs> but. I don't like Christmas at all. One of the things I love, love about this, this time of year is the just flood of amazing Christmas ales that, mm. that come out. Um, Anchor Steam is always one of my, not Anchor Steam, it's Anchor, Anchor Brewing's uh, Christmas Ale is always one of the things that I absolutely uh, adore this time of year. But our friends over in Cleveland, um, that's right, Great Lakes Brewing, and they make like the Edmund Fitzgerald and Burning River and, and uh, Dortmund or Gold. They make some great beers at, at Great Lakes. And if you're ever in Cleveland, you should go to that brewery because it's 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 really, really nice and good food there too. But they make a great Christmas sale, and that's what I'm having. And so you know, Christmas sales will have um, kind of that, that holiday spice. It'll have some, you know, the, the nutmeg and, and cinnamon and, and, you know, Christmas spices uh, uh, kind of, folded into it and so yeah this is uh one of the better ones i've had it's just a really nice christmas ale and it's not from revolution brewing so if people are playing the drinking game at home they don't uh uh, have to drink wow so now they do cool beans (laughs) somebody's running this show come on packing their laundry uh right now i think He's saddling up the ponies. Aw. Aw. Tony. Okay. Jason, how about you? Well, uh, as I uh, just tweeted, I just walked in the door from a little solo dinner because we had a business dinner that was canceled. What is going on? Somebody's got to stop throwing. I love this episode so far. I love it. Uh, And I was at a brewery. The Rock. I was at the Rock Bottom Brewery. Mm -hmm. Are you in Minneapolis? Yes, sir. I have been there. That place is awesome. Yeah, and I had... Uh, I've been passed out drunk in that place before. Nice. I'm stunned. Yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't make it all that random of a place, but that's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I had a, uh, a a sampler, uh, a bartender's choice sampler uh, of uh, six wonderful libations. Ooh. And uh, I just polished them off, and so now I'm back in my room, and uh, seeing as how I'm in a hotel room, I am drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. Now. So you're pretty much lit, right? No, no, because it's not... I mean, they were like... I don't know, four or five ounces a piece. Oh, okay. So nice. Well, who, yeah, who, I mean, I'm in a hotel, so I can't, I can't get that creative tonight. Sorry. Who do you want to go next? I would love you to go next. Wow. Well, because we have a bona fide superstar with us tonight, I thought, Thank you. I thought, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. You are. I thought, what the heck? I'm gonna do it upright. I have uh, Samuel Adams Oktoberfest mm-hmm. and Yingling Black and Tan. Yeah. Nice. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. Wonderful. Doing it up. So the people playing the drinking game are now would now have to drink twice. Yes. <laughs> uh, David, would you go before we get to our special guest? I am uh, drinking some Redwood Creek Merlot. I knew it. Word. Word. That's that's not surprising at all. Um, and um, and Tony, how about you? I am. I'm having coffee. I'm drawing right. I'm gonna work the whole episode 
Uh, I've got I've got a deadline before Christmas, uh, so I'm having coffee. Also, I can't drink booze right now because uh, damn it, you're pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> I have stones in my gallbladder. He's falling. Uh, I was going to be on last week, and uh, and I had to go to the ER instead to get uh, to get hooked up to machines. And yeah, we didn't know if it was okay to put that on blast, so we. No, it's fine. It's not a eating. shameful. It's not like I had to go to the ER for herpes or something. Again, <laughs> it's like a John Bon Jovi thing. You really went to get your stomach pumped because you saw what? That's Rod Stewart. It's been everybody, dude. It's been so many different. It's never been Alice Cooper. <laughs> well, that's because that's true. <laughs> that's random and awesome. Uh, so, David, Doc Ock is in Tony's body. Pardon? Doc Ock is in Tony's body when they hooked him up to live in someone's gallbladder. He, he's in Tony. Oh, Stark or me? No, Doc Ock is in you. When oh. you got hooked up to the machine, it wasn't just yeah. an ordinary machine. It was a. Oh, that's was, a good yeah, point. It was a conduit. We won't find out for issues and issues, though. If you start drawing like Ryan Stegman, we'll know. <laughs> if I start drawing like Ryan Stegman, I will cash in. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, he's not that good. You're better than him. I'll turn on my last pony. Damn, <laughs> Ryan's going to punch you in the face when he hears this. I'm kidding. <laughs> if he hears this. Yeah. So, hey, let's uh, let's talk about some comics. Unless we have some thank yous, I do not. I do. Oh, look at you. Oh. Yeah, you uh, got to catch up. You you were out last week, so. Um, I, I got a, I got a really, nice, um, really nice gift from um, Hassan. Oh, yeah? What'd you get? Yeah. Um, he sent me, and I, I this is a blind spot for me. Good. And so, I was... Um, um, like not doubly but triply excited uh, once I started looking at this because it's it looks fucking awesome. Um, the hardcover of Chris Claremont and John Bolton's Marauder the She Wolf. We all got it. Yeah, isn't that say, great? Now we get to the point where Chris shows he didn't listen to last week's episode. No, he knows. Listen <laughs> to last week's episode. I'm gonna we listen to you. we <laughs> could team up. Am on I the this? only one? Well, I'm sure David would too. He just never misses an episode that listens to them when you're not on it. Unless I talk, then you don't listen at all. Well, because. <laughs> Yeah, my, yeah. My, my virgin ears can't take dicks and frying pans for a while. So. <laughs> I can't so wait to talk about it. It was obviously discussed last week, so uh, thank you, Hassan. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to diving into it. And we should all do one episode or part of an episode where we all just talk about it because it's like a book club thing. I think that's what he intended. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm good with that. Yep. I'm cool um, with that. Did, did you get anything from Jason Gonzalez, Chris? No. Oh, awkward! But, but I have, um, but I'm going to be sent. But I'm going to be sending something to Jason Gonzalez. What's that? Well, Jason, right address? No, that's funny. Okay, all uh, right. No, I'm just trying to find out what happened. That's good. Okay. <laughs> no, he's he knows my he knows my address. He's he oh. sent me awesome stuff before. But Jason did a really cool um, curling graphic last year. Uh, it's a, a skull with a with a uh, with a hat and and then like crosses of brooms and this big born to bond spiel, which is a curling tournament, banners around it. It looks fucking awesome. I think we saw and, that. Didn't we see yeah. that? And I posted it in uh, our, we have a virtual warming room for our curling club on Facebook. And I was like, we should totally do t-shirts for this. And the response from folks in my curling club has been ridiculous. I spent literally the half the last half day uh, taking orders, so we're getting a ton of T-shirts printed up for him, so he can expect to uh, to get a, a T-shirt um, from me soon. Look They're at gonna, that. Yeah. So we're going to have 11 o'clock comic um, um, 
inspired and provided artwork all over my curling club. It's going to be my two worlds colliding together. It's Look going to be that. great. Now, if I can get Tony to do like a, a My Little Pony um, sweeping in front of a stone, then we're they in don't a... have uh, like thumbs. If they could use their feet instead of the broom, I think I could make that work. I don't <laughs> I, like to hold it. I think I think you're a talented man. I, I think, think they, they all have built-in brooms. You're out way to show little ponies curling tails. That's good thinking too. Yeah. Um, I've got business. I don't have thank yous. I've got a little bit of business to take care of. Do it, buddy. Before we jump into the dicks on the frying pan. <laughs> Sweet. I saw uh, Andy Suriano at the comic shop today, and uh, he said to say thank you uh, to you guys. He does not listen, but I said, you know, these guys, they love your uh, your Samurai Jack comics. Uh, and he said, what? I don't think anybody loved my comics. And so uh, he was delighted to hear that you guys are on board. Uh, or if he listened, he'd maybe have more people that like his comics. I don't know. Karma and all that. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what it is. I don't know if that's a feasible way to get people to like your comics. Like if I listen. <laughs> said the, said the man that's guessing on us. It works for you, Tony. It works for Jim Rugg. It works for others. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> um, and, and then I should probably just say hi to Max Beckman at, uh, at Pulp Fiction Comics. Did we lose somebody? Did we lose me? No, no, you're good. No, someone's trying to send us a picture. Oh. Uh, you guys know Max uh, from the uh, Artist Edition days. Uh, he's a 11 o'clock comics fan number one. Yes. Oh, and uh, nice. I'm sure he'll be listening as soon as you guys post this thing. So hey, Max. Cool. He's a good guy to know, especially if you go to conventions out here on the West Coast. He's got the hookup on cheap trades. Nice. So, mm-hmm. Nothing better than cheap trades. Yeah, where are you at, Tony? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in North Hollywood. Oh, okay. Uh, which is which is in the no. valley. See, I yeah. told you, celebrity. I went to so, I went to L.A. for the first time this year, and I hear the valley is where all of the porn is filmed. Yes, it well was until they started. It's a Tony movie. They just passed a, a referendum yeah. about condom use, and so they're moving away. They're moving out of Los Angeles County altogether. Uh, but oh. yeah, they used to film the porn here. I went and saw him do it one time. I have an True. amazing story. <laughs> what good is an ass-to-mouth video when you have to wear a condom? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose the taste is... Unless you have to wear, like, a dental dam, then that changes the whole thing. <laughs> wow. The dent- I just downloaded this picture to, to, for this? This is what I had just downloaded? What? Oh, boy. Uh, hey, so let's get it. If we're done with the uh, wow chaos, man. Hater. If we're done with the uh, preliminaries, let's get into some comics. Let's start, if we uh, would, with Tony. What are you reading? What are you enjoying? Oh, me? Well, uh, I picked up books this week, and I read through a couple of them. First of all, I, I couldn't figure out Infinity. That You guys talked like it was the second coming. I, I read the first issue. I read a couple in between. I read the last issue. I don't think it's for me. Uh, okay. Huh. Are you sensing are you, are you me high fiving you from all the way from, oh, from Chicago? The one person oh, who doesn't click. I know. <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> that's not what I was going for. I'm having buyer's remorse here, I think. Oh. And, uh, but I, I'll tell you what I read today because uh, I read The Fifth Beetle a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Which, did everybody get that now? Not yet, that, but it's on the way. It's on order. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so amazing. So, that's the best comic of the year, probably. Wow, and, uh, for real? Oh, it's incredible. I have to read it, bro. I'm telling you, you got to get only, The only, like, the sad part about it for me is the writer of it, this uh, Vivek J. Tiwari. 
I don't think he'll do more comics, right? Like, I think he's into Brian Epstein more than he's into being a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. And so this is sort of like an outlet. This is like him doing his, like, uh, starting his Brian Epstein thing, because he's also working on, like, a stage play of it or a movie. Or, uh, but yes. it's incredible. Yeah. And Andrew Robinson does work in this thing that is, like, this is career making work, you know, like this is, this guy should do whatever he wants. And I hope he doesn't do anything besides whatever he wants. You know, like I hope this doesn't lead to him doing Captain America or something. Cause I was thinking about it. I read this and it made me go back and look at voodoo child, Mm -hmm. uh, the the Jimi Hendrix book. Yeah. And you look at that thing and I love Bill Sienkiewicz and it's so much and the writings, whatever. I mean, it's fine. Like it's like a documentary about Jimi Hendrix withdrawing. Right, but you look at what Bill Sienkiewicz is doing in that thing, and it makes me wish that he never had to draw another superhero again. You know, like I love superhero comics, but I feel like he's wasted there. I get you. You know, like when you see Voodoo Child, and then you see like Daredevil End of Days, there's a huge difference in in what's going on. So that's what I'm. I guess that's what I'm reading right now. I just read Voodoo Child again this morning. Uh, Cool. Yeah, and, I've never read uh, that. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you dig it. It's it's like out of control, and you can get it on Amazon now. I think I got this one for like ten bucks or something. Um, is everybody else's like warped? Like, do you guys have copies of this thing? Yeah, it. Um, it can't, you're talking about the one that came with the CD, the hardcover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, mine's pretty fine. I think the CD in mine, for some reason, like is is trying to turn the whole book inside out. Like it's it's convex. Oh boy. But it's definitely the like some of the best Bill Sienkiewicz artwork. It's that it's I have that never period. heard of this. Yeah, you don't I know about Voodoo Child? Wow. No. All right, let me t- let me take you back then. It's uh, it's Voodoo Child, the illustrated legend of Jimi Hendrix. It's written by this guy Martin L. Green or Martin I. Green, and it's it's illustrated by Bill Sienkiewicz. The year was. 1995. Oh, I was going to say six. Uh, but it's in the style of like the Daredevil graphic novels and Electra Assassin, like that period of Bill Sienkiewicz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's right around when he started experimenting with computers a little bit too. Like he was getting a lot of uh, sort of wild storm work around that time where he would do covers or trading cards and stuff and he would like test out new things. And so it's really cool experimental Bill Sienkiewicz comics, cool. and it's and the and it's about Jimi Hendrix, and the the story is basically just uh, like uh, any like if you wrote a, a report on the life of Jimi Hendrix, the author Martin Green it says on the flap is the creator and producer and director of Berkshire Studio who like published the book. His other uh, credit is. Uh, a sigh of relief, the first aid handbook for child for childhood emergencies. <laughs> I love that. So you've heard, of course, of course, you've heard of Martin Green again. He's he's been around in comics. Like I think that's probably what what Vivek Tuari will do, the Fifth Beetle guy. You know, like he's dipping into comics to do this, right? And then I imagine he'll be off on some more some other Brian Epstein shit, not some more comic shit, which is kind of sad because because that dude can really write a comic, unless. Wow. Unless it's a case where he just handed Andrew Robinson a script and said, "Do it, do whatever, Make do whatever you want." I think yeah. I think that's what Green did with Sinkevich because Bill's art in that book—you could tell he's stretching his legs, having fun. 
Yeah. Uh, he's he's at his own pace, doing what he wants to do. Whereas when he's on a traditional superhero book with a traditional comic book writer, he has a hard time reining it in. That's yeah. that's what we were talking about. And you said I was nuts. Remember that uh, I I said, <laughs> said Bill. But Bill, you said you said he didn't serve the story. Sometimes he doesn't. I think he just, he's just better no matter what. Like, him being on something makes that thing better. But well, I don't know. I don't think I can disagree with you on that. Because he makes it, I mean, there's the story before his presence and then there's the story after. And of course it's going to be better after, right? Because it's, it's that trademark Sienkiewicz, I don't know the word, um, but he has it. And, and How you it, say. it's just, uh, he's an amazing artist. But yeah, I, I understand what you mean. And I think, um, the Hendrix book is a really special, uh, really special tome. There's a lot of purple in it. And I, and I, uh, I, I love it's purple. It's the purplest. Absolutely. Yes, there's a lot of purple in it. Yes. Yeah. Chris, if you're a fan of Bill Sienkiewicz, you gotta, you gotta track down this thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's really, over. It's you really able good. get it cheap. Yeah, and it's a good read too. Like I said, I read it after Fifth Beetle just because it's sort of in that same like category of of musical, historical, graphic novels. The category must include like these two and one other book. I don't. I mean, it's not a very big category. Exactly, <laughs> the King, uh, that Prince comic book that Stuart Eminem did twenty years ago. <laughs> oh God! The, you know, the King is one of my go-to Christmas presents. Yeah, you always for talk people. about it. I, I I give out a couple copies of it every every Christmas to someone, and they always come back and and say how much they loved it. So I don't know if they're blowing smoke up my ass, but I'm no. I'm, I'm hopeful I'm ho- I'm that. hopeful that they enjoy it because it's one of my favorites. And you know another thing about that Hendrix book, I've seen it at conventions in the bargain bins like all the time. Oh yeah, I yeah, assume they printed up just a million of them. Right, as I was going to say, the print run was probably pretty robust on that thing. I mean, you see it all all over. So the next time I see it, I'll tell you guys. Yeah, and you can have it. Everyone should have it. Yep, it's a good yeah, book. It sounds really good. Before we depart into other territory, uh, Tony stole my lead here in that I said at the start of the show that I had to give David massive props, and it's simply because his. Uh, Dare I say, ebullient endorsement of the Fifth Beetle last week? You dared, which subsequently led us all to order it. Uh, I, I read it on the flight. Well, I started on the flight out here to uh, Minnesota and actually finished it today. And it is effing brilliant. It's <laughs> ridiculous. And I would agree that Andrew Robinson's art is just uh, on another planet. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Like I don't. I had to look up the dude because I kind of vaguely remember the name. And I realized I remember the name because he sells his artwork um, on Essential Sequential. Right. Same place that mm-hmm. uh, Mateo does and stuff. But I don't think I've ever read any of his work before this. And uh, my God. I mean, this reminds me uh, of like, you know, uh, Tale of Sands with Ramon, you know, where some mm-hmm. people knew the dude. He was in the industry. Then he does this OGN, pours his heart into it, and just blows up. And, uh, you know, it'll be kind of interesting given what Tony just said about, you know, people kind of jumping to do other things, whether Andrew wants to or is interested in doing, you know, lots of, uh, like mainstream stuff. I know he's done, I think, a, a Superman annual, right? And he's, uh, working on a Batman book right now. So I suspect he will be making that jump. And I'll just I think be he curious. did a ton of covers, like, right? Just like they're just starting to get solicited too. Okay. I think yeah. When the, when the previews for this book came out, I think a lot of people started looking at him. 
yeah, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous, and I'd love to see his line work. Because, I mean, I, I've seen, I looked at his DeviantArt page, and he, I mean, I, I love what I've seen, but he, he doesn't have his uh, his fifth beetle line work up there um, because you know there's like this digital paint you know overlay to this, um, which uh, it almost looks like I don't know like um, like uh, like chalk some places, but it's just it's it's just it's wonderfully colored. But I'd love to see just the line work in and of itself too. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've, I've always considered myself a big Beatles fan and this book definitely taught me some things about Epstein, you know, who I feel like maybe I've given some short shrift to now over the years. Um, oh, really? and, yeah. And I love, uh, you know, David, you said this last week. I love that this book really and truly is about Brian Epstein. Like it's not like, it's not the beat, you know, it's not the, a book about the Beatles through the eyes of, of, you know, Brian Epstein as the narrator, you know, it's mm-hmm. a book about Brian Epstein and, and yes, of course, the Beatles are a center part of the book, you know, because that's a part of Epstein's story. But it's really about him and his his journey and his emotions and his heart and his his choices and sacrifices and risks and uh, you know his infatuation. And I I just thought it was it was just a, a wonderful, gorgeous book. And it's one of those pieces that transcends the medium. You know, it's one of those books that will be, I'm sure, on many best of lists. Not just for best of comics, but just best of literature, you know, lists as they start to, to pile out. I, I, I would be stunned if this isn't on there. So, Dap, you hit a home run, player. Ah, oh, thanks, bro. Wow. Nice. Hey, Tony, you were looking for a third book to throw in this mix? Yes. How about that Johnny Cash book? What was it called? Um, mm. I See a Darkness? Now you got me. I don't know. Nah, um, didn't, Chris, you read it, didn't you? It's really pretty. Oh, but this, well, that's kind of what he's saying about the the Hendrix book. I mean, the yeah. the text is just pedestrian, but the arts, wow! It's really pretty. It's really inky, and yeah, I I, I loved looking at it. It's the I may I may pick it up and and take another run at it, but no, it didn't it didn't grab me. Not Wolfman. like um, you know, like oh, BB Wolf and the three LPs. I mean, if we're going to talk about you know good music. Um, centered comics. That's one of my favorite. You know, it's basically Kozlowski does the uh, best music comics for me. Oh, so. I think not. What? We, who are you forgetting? You're forgetting the man. Alan Moore? No, Mr. Hernandez. Jaime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Sure. Can't forget sure. about him. Yeah. He, he captured punk at its, at its best and worst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But, I agree with that. Now, Fifth Beetle is is like Black Sad esque in its in its Ooh. beauty. Like it's hard to it's hard to think that there would be a comic book with better artwork that would come out this year. I mean, I mean, there's like 20 days left or whatever, but <laughs> it is it is out of control. And I would be really that, interested that in pretty, the process. Huh? It's amazing. It's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. You know, right. if, like if you're not into anthropomorphic and you look at Black Sad and you're just like, that's just so, like. That's the the true uh, like show of how of how great the black side is. Is that I don't give a shit about people dressed up like cats or anything like that. But I'll pick that book up whenever it comes out because it's so incredible. This thing that they're not even dressed up like cats anymore. Like Mm -hmm. it's just a it's just a beautiful painted graphic novel in that same style almost. That that is. uh, Now is this? Do you know? Is this digitally painted or I assume? I don't think so. No, but because in the credits it said there was somebody that did digital. Uh, there's like a credit for uh, digital production and retouch. Uh-huh. So that that to me seems like it's paintings and there's retouching. 
here and there. I think it's probably a mixed media situation. Okay. I, we sat right behind the guy at uh, the Long Beach convention a couple weeks ago. That's where I bought it from. And uh, I had no idea for the... I was so busy the whole show that uh, I didn't even know he was there until like 10 minutes before we left. And Chris Moreno was like, oh, I got that fifth Beatle. And I was like, where'd you find it? And he goes, the guy's sitting right behind us. Uh, so I wish I wish I had known him the whole weekend because I would have just been pestering him the whole time. That's all, how's, how's Chris doing? Uh, he's good. Chris, are you here? He just walked out. Oh, he, he took off. Are you shitting me? Yeah, oh, he, he works with me. Uh, oh, he, that's he works, he works at Disney Chris. full-time right now, and he, he works at the studio with me and Tom Rodriguez uh, all the rest of the time. Oh, my nice. gosh. I did not know that. We got a twofer almost. Yeah. Yeah, what a great group. Chris is one of my favorite people that I've met in comics. Cool. He Me is. Too. He is. He's a sweetheart of a man. He, um, he taught me what you guys have to go through at conventions. I remember walking up to him. It was a, a show in Chicago. I was like, "Hey, Chris, or you want to um, go out and grab a grab a beer after they close down?" He's like, "Nope, got to go back to the room and draw." You know, a writer takes him thirty seconds to type out Batman crashes through a window. Takes me all fucking night to draw it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Yep, okay, I understand." <laughs> Yeah, that's him. He's a, he yeah. just walked back in. Chris, uh, oh. say hello to the fellas. Oh, hey guys. Hey Chris. Oh, hey. Hey Chris. How are you, man? Doing okay. Do you have any questions for Chris Moreno? Um, was Windy City Comic Con the best convention that he's oh, ever been? Oh boy. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, that's actually one of my, one of my Chris Moreno stories is that I was picking him up off of the, uh, the train line and, the one that is nearest to my house, uh, I was gonna, st- I was gonna go by and, and pick him up off of, and he gives me a call, and he's like, they're not stopping because someone jumped in front of a train and it shut down, and so yeah. we had to, we had to go to a different, a different, uh, train stop because, uh, because someone had been run over by a, by a train. So well, that's that one of my Chris Moreno stories. That same trip, uh, the first, tra- the train I was on, somebody crapped on it. Nice. Right. Well, oh, that's awesome. This is the best show ever. <laughs> I'm actually doing a uh, Turbo and Ozone sketch by Chris from Windy City. Sweet. Cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, it was great to have him here. When are you coming back to Chicago to visit us, man? Shit, I don't know. Everybody from Chicago keeps moving out here. I just had dinner with uh, Chris Burnham. Oh, fuck Ah, uh, him. I figure, uh, I figure at some point Chicago and California are just going to fold in on each other. <laughs> and we won't have to worry about it. Well, this will be happy. I'll probably have a coast. You know, uh, um, Norton lives like like six doors down from me now. That's awesome. I was actually, um, we had, um, the four-star party was this past weekend, and we had talked about, I think I'm going to go down there uh, to his place one of these nights, maybe for like the Arrow season finale, and I'm just going to take my laptop and and my mic, and we're going to record from uh, uh, Norton's basement layer. Oh, that would be great! And and you're going to bring it here, or are you going to do something on your own? No, we'll record an episode. I'll just I'll take my shit you know, over nice. there. Nice. Yeah, and and Michael just sit in. Dude, if I lived that close to Norton, I would never let him get any sleep. I'd be knocking on his door all the time. You would call the police on you. <laughs> Wait, so Four Star has a party? What kind of shit is this? 
That's what I was thinking. Like, don't they have to actually put something out to have a party? They're so fast, they can do it. <laughs> I guess that's what it takes. Yeah, I guess they got all kinds of free time to have parties. No, hey. it's, no, it's because it's because they're from Chicago and they're badasses and they work so hard. They 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 have time to do it. They do work hard. I, I have to give them that. Norton is. I mean, Norton puts out like three books a month. That's pretty. Yeah. Sad. yeah. So if you include Battle Pug, I mean, it's like I don't know. I honestly don't know how. Must not be involved in party planning. I no, but he was involved in the party drinking. I will, yeah, I will vouch for that because he was he was happy when I got there and I got there early. So Mike always has a good time at the holiday party. You know, Chris, but, I, I I have to give you another um, word of thanks about uh, revival because I got, I read uh, volume two this weekend and I have to, it's it's. Honestly, I'm being sincere when I'm saying this. There's no payola going on here at all. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite uh, floppy. My favorite is it monthly now? Who are you asking? Because I read I read it in trade, so I don't know if it comes out every month. But I have to say, it is, it is funny and it's scary, but it's smart. I can't get it, enough of it. It's really good. It's it it should be an awesome TV show. Yes. Get a room. No, it's fa- it's fantastic. And it be an awesome TV show. You know, I watch. Um, there's a there's a goofy uh, a goofy TV show. My wife loves it called Haven. Have you guys seen it? No, it's all on sci-fi. Yeah, I saw yeah, one episode. Sci-fi. I was like, nah. It's yeah, like myself. Revival is like Haven, but really good. Yeah. <laughs> Made by people that don't suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know it's and and I you know I I, I hate to say that because my you know my wife my wife really enjoys it. It's okay. You know, it, it, it's it's okay. It, it's not. It's certainly not appointment television. But uh, but revival kind of has that. It, it, the whole thing about getting to know the town and the people in the yeah. town, the sub stories. That's and, that's what's know. so smart about it. They have yeah. these little isolated incidents with, with you know townspeople, and but it drives the main story. And and as you're you're seeing like the the three uh, ginger um, dudes that are selling the the meat on the black market, that was cool. But it, that ties into the main story. But then you learn all these people in the town. It's a great book. It's so good. And and that last page, I don't know. What issue it was, but where the the uh, the ghost type thing crawls into the grave with the dude, and he goes passenger. Like, what is that about? I got to know what's going on. <laughs> I'm sure they, they have. They've got a plan. What was that? Or Rachel Rising? Where do you where do you stand? Oh, Rachel Rising. It's well, since I've never read R- Rachel Rising, I got to say <sighs> Revival. Oh gosh, you know it's that's They're very different. That's, that's kind of like picking. Between your children, I caught up on Rachel Rising, and I'm I'm all the way done. And it's one of those that, um, you know, it's like whenever you watch a a great TV show that is a couple seasons ahead, and you shotgun all of the episodes, mm-hmm. and then you get and then you're caught up, and you're like, no, I can't wait. I need like I need like seven more episodes to watch now. Gotta wait until next Christmas to have this feeling again. Exactly. And that's how I was with, with Rachel Rising because I got, you know, I, I shotgunned like eight issues and now I have to wait for more stuff to come out. And the, his, his stuff reads so much better in larger chunks. Even though, you know, with like Echo, that read really well in trade. Reading his stuff in single issues, I'm not saying they're not good because they're great, but there's a sparseness to his, to his storytelling that it things build 
and it sort of reminds me of Walking Dead, right? Like you, he knows yeah. he's going to be back next month. You, you don't doubt that he's going to be there every month or every six weeks on the dot, and so he can just sort of take his time and stretch out. Uh, yeah, and the the for me anyway, the the big plot point. There's always interesting things that happen every every issue, but his big plot points they they hit kind of like a hammer, and it takes a little time to to feel the work that he's creating with those with those hammer strikes and so i think i think his work in particular reads very well in in trade and exactly like walking dead it's kirkman's the same the same exact way so yeah i'm caught up with with rachel rising and it's awesome and now i'm just like i think i should probably wait like six months and then dive back in well now i have to read it to compare it now it's really yeah, good it's really good I don't remember where you stand on Terry Moore in the first place. Well, he, your... he respects him as an artist, but I he's, think he's, he's a, not a fan of the work. Yeah, I think he's an amazingly talented illustrator, but I've never really clicked with his storytelling. Oh, this, this is your book, then. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's um... Well, for right now, Revival's my book. Until until something comes along that knocks it off. That no, Revival's my book, too. I just think that they're, they're similar, and it's yeah. worth discussing one. When it's I, I tell you, the, they're, I, they're, both horror, they're both horror books. And, the, and, and I think where the maybe a little similarity comes in is that is that Terry Moore always seems to weave a little bit of humor. There's you know jokes between the characters that, <laughs> that lighten things up. And I think Revival is a different kind of humor. It's, it's more... Revival to me feels like, and I, and I told Norton this. I said, "You say it's Wisconsin, but it's not. It, it's Twin Peaks, Washington, because it feels like Twin Peaks." I, I actually look in every you panel. Spend more time in Wisconsin, sir. Uh, it feels like you know. I'm looking for David Lynch in the panel in the background, just looking on to see you know. You ever been Wisconsin? No, Wisconsin's very fucking Lynchian. Really. Wisconsin's a fucked up state, dude. I've never been there. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I'm expecting, I'm it expecting is. Nadine to come in and just like examine everybody's curtain rods to make sure they're, they're completely silent. Uh, you know? it, it, th- think about it's, it's Twin Peaks with snow. Okay. But it, 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 there's Wisconsin, a strong Wisconsin's Twin Peaks. Wisconsin's a weird goddamn state. Okay. It, it, it really, I love it. I, it's, I, I love going to Wisconsin, but it's, it's weird. It's, Tom Caters is from Wisconsin. Oh, say no more. All right. Mutantville. <laughs> <laughs> Super intelligent Mutantville. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, yeah. See, well, see, Seeley's from Wisconsin. That's that whole that whole book is written uh, in his hometown. Nice. Mm-hmm. Right, what you know. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Hello. That is so Hello. cool. Hello. Hello. All right. So uh, let let's move on to something else. Who wants to go? Um. I read a bunch of shit. Yeah, did you read? You should have plenty to talk about. J- Jason, did you have have a chance to check out Inhumanity number one? <laughs> no, I have not. All right. You sound disappointed, though. Yeah. Well, I was. I'm, I'm halfway through it. I can. I, I, but but I, I, just on that note, I mean, quickly, I don't. I won't give any kind of. In, but uh, I, the the last issue of New Avengers. Yeah. I thought it was dope because I liked that. Um, I loved that Black Swan was like. Just, just mocking them, being like, "Y'all are yes. dumb motherfuckers!" Like, you think the builders were, were tough? Uh-huh. She, yeah, yeah. She was like, "She." If that's you guys just, think that was tough, that's just good what, storytelling. My, you just favorite, keep us wanting more. My favorite scene from that issue, though, was Hank figuring shit out before Tony. 
that's right. You know this. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I want to hear what Chris has to say, but Jason, I will I will say one thing. Inhumanity number one? Nah, son. Dude, all I got to say is, and I look, I mean, nah. I'm a big Casanova fan and all that, but I don't know if Homeboy career in the main mainstream's shaping up all that yeah, which is crazy is. because hawkeye is is pretty damn you know good. that's true and iron fist was dope yeah but that yeah, may be his thing those are mainstream books right right right, right. And, not, and yeah and you're not and, and it's not really the cape and cowl set it's it's their off day type yeah type dealings yeah. and this it's, is you're 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 following a pretty big event that hickman kind of gave you something that wasn't screwed up, and and I'm not saying that that fraction screwed it up, but there are just things as I'm reading it. I'm like, uh, I'm not really. Wait till you get to the last page, and then uh, you, you address that. Okay, all right, I'll wait. Christopher, what was some of the, what were some of these things that you have read? Well, you guys, um, you guys talked about black science. You know, I didn't listen to the episode, but I w- I read the show notes. Okay, good, yeah, a boy. Um, Did you love it? Uh, no. Oh, oh my god. Dude. I, read it, I read it also. I I really I really liked it. I know I really liked it. it. It didn't jump out of my fucking hands and blow me, guys. Well, was, there's books was, that do was, that? Then I was <laughs> uh it was it was beautiful. <laughs> I I think Mateo's art is it might be the prettiest book of the year. Oh, yeah. I haven't read Fifth Beetle yet. But it was absolutely gorgeous looking. I thought it was incredibly, um, thought it was incredibly overwritten. Ooh. And bordering on. Pastiche? Massive pretense. It was very, it's, dial it back a little bit. I guess is what I, you know, it's just like, you know, you're, you're, you're playing. You're playing around with such beautiful visuals, and it's like you know, don't you don't have to feel you don't have to twist a book into trying to say something really important. You know, it's like it, I I I don't really care, and it, and it sounds like I'm really railing on it. It no. was beautiful. I'm going to continue to read it. Really looking forward to the second issue. I thought all of the narrative over it got really ham-fisted. And hmm. to the point that I kind of wanted someone to shoot that motherfucker in the head so we could get on to something more interesting. It's like, but by, by, by page 15, I was just like, someone shoot this fuckhead. Wow. I, I don't, I, I, I don't care about this guy. Um, but I was just like, but I still want to see cool shit happening. Rick's 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 a, a really good writer, and I and you guys know I've been a champion of his work for a really long time. I, I think he needs to tell a really good action adventure story with this, and I think that is where they're going. I felt like this was a lot of setup, but the entire story being kind of or the first what twenty pages or however much being inside his head was not my favorite storytelling um mechanism mm-hmm. and um uh, so i thought I, I thought it was i thought it was i thought it was a little pretentious a little overwritten but beautiful and when they get it, i i feel it was like we're we're setting up kind of a lost in space type story yeah. right so it's now going to be these, what the Fantastic Four should be. You know, Imaginots, you know, going out through multiple dimensions and having, you know, adventures and, 
you know, mind over, uh, you know, over violence and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I think the setup is good for what could possibly happen. And knowing Rick, I think that will happen, but it was, it was an okay first issue. Um, I liked it much more for the art than, than the story. So, but he's trying to, do, he hasn't done anything like this before. Trying something different, flexing different muscles. I'm all in favor of that. That's fine. Um, but it was okay. It's not my comic of the year. It's, it will not be showing up on my 11 o'clock Oh, so, speaking of that. Wow, segue. We need to move very past this quickly so I don't cry. Uh, well, back up a second. I think if you talk about the art in, in Black Science, you, I mean, Mateo. Mm-hmm. Good. Dean White, holy shit! Yes, like that's a book. I I, I, I picked one? it up. I flipped through it. Mm-hmm. Dean White, the colorist. And oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I flipped through it and I thought, like, I'll probably, I would probably buy this. Uh, just looking at the cover, and then you open it, and it's one of the few comic books I've ever bought just for the colorist. Okay, you know, and that's I agree with you. Which is, it's yeah, I totally agree with you. But but what's interesting though is um, listening to another show. Uh, uh, when Black, the week Black Science came out, and they were saying how they generally love Mateo's work, but they really thought they didn't like his new style. And I was listening to it like, what are they talking about? Because you know, I just bought a page for this book, so I mean, mm-hmm. And um, then I realized, and I actually wrote them and said, "Well, take a look at Mateo's line work here on you know on, on this website." And uh, and and the I've noticed he's not alone. Some people don't like the coloring, and not because I think the coloring, but because I think it's. The coloring and the process again makes it look almost painterly. Yeah, and it, it so it does. Painter. It doesn't look like the line work per se. Now I'm with you. I think it looks fantastic. Like I think again, it uh, it's just the right. It, it sets just the right. It's the right motif for yeah. for this. You know, it's the perfect, the perfect coloring and shading for the style of the book, which is to evoke again that 1950s era. You know, sci-fi. You know, uh, adventure, and I think pulp adventure. Yeah, I think it's perfectly yeah. done for that reason. But, but I would say that 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 it is less, it is more a, a some of the parts than what we've seen typically of Mateo's work, where I think right. his line work really stands out. Well, I think they'll be happy with that book. That what did it come out today? That uh, dead dead body road. Dead body road that Mateo did because there. Uh, I think uh, Jordi Belair colored it, didn't she? Okay. And I, don't know, I didn't read it's it. It's pretty traditional. I mean, it's it's all Mateo line work. Okay. Nice. Moreno Denicio colored it. There you go. There you go. And it, yeah, it is very traditional. It's always a safe assumption to say Jordy colored something because she colors half the books. True. Yeah. She does color a lot. Um, did you guys talk about Dave? I gave it as you're in your travels, as you requested. <coughs> you guys. We talk about Dave every week. He's right. <laughs> talking about oh, actor. Same <laughs> the factor. factor. Uh, um, Dave and the A is replaced with a four, so it's D four V E, but you say it as Dave. Um, it's it's from Monkey Brain Comics, and it's written by Ryan Ferrier and art by um, Valentin uh, Ramon. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Valentin Ramon. It is. One of my favorite books that I've, one of my say, favorite single issues that I've read this year, which, okay, that might make it the tallest midget, but I still love it. <laughs> Very nice. I love that. Deprecating it. Say it again. Um, okay, imagine. That was great. Imagine it is the future, and imagine the, um, Let me see if you try. Kind of like the, 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 the Terminator future. 
Ooh. So it's like almost human we're talking about. Kind of, but the robots won. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So, Damn so robots. you know, uh, massive dynamics or 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 whoever, uh, they won. They eliminated all of the humans. Okay. So artificial intelligence rules and and the the robots are are now in charge. There are no humans. Okay. So what do what do the robots do? After they have eliminated the, the, the pests that were humanity. Multiply. Yeah, and they, they emulate humanity. Mm-hmm. And so they develop a, a corporate structure and a military and they have a different class system and, and housing and all of that and all of that. So it's basically, what would happen if, like, the T-1000 was in middle management? Ah. And <laughs> it is brilliant and hilarious and absolutely, absolutely entertaining. It was, there are robot strip bars in there. It is. Titties. It is, <laughs> there are robot titties, yes. And, and then there is perhaps an alien invasion that is, is, happening and dave who's middle management kind of you know not really happy with his his life or his wife or his job or his now adopted robot son that he just found out about it's it is incredibly entertaining so uh monkey brain continues to put out some really fun comics and everything it, it, it reminds this is something that could have come out in like it reminds me of like the that 80s era of you know like the like mage and turtles and that kind of stuff it has that kind of irreverent breaking of the mold feel to it it sounds so. like a 2000 ad series it could be 2080. It could be a Mirage series. Yeah. Was, you know, a first, and eh, not really first comics, but it's, um, check it out. I, you guys may be like, you're crazy and talking about. <laughs> Never. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I cool. thought it was, I thought it was just holy. I can't wait for, uh, for the next issue. And the other one you guys have talked about. I'm going to, I'm going to spew here for a little bit because I got, I got like three weeks to comics pent up in me. I got to let it out. Um, and this is just you with you guys. I finally started reading Profit from the Brandon Graham. Ooh, that's a big step for you. Holy shit! How is this comic being published right now? Seriously, Uh it is the the a U.S. company should not be publishing this because it is somewhere in heaven. Mobius is looking down and grinning because Profit is being made in the U.S. You're damn right he is. It is, it is. And right now, Brandon Graham, if he listens at all, is probably grinning because that's probably exactly what he wants you to think. Yeah, I, it, this is, this is the closest to like a, you know, the, the, the ink all or you start naming Mobius works that I've seen produced here where you don't have to go, oh, when, when is humanoids going to, you know, release, right. you know, this or, or that. But that, that image is letting them do a book like this that, that uh, there's some fucked up shit in that comic. <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is, it is, uh, a very European feeling. And, 
you know, kudos to, to Image to, uh, to let this book exist. And it is, yeah, I'm, I'm catching, I'm buying trades, I'm catching up on it. It is freaking awesome. I think, uh, Graham announced that they're doing a spinoff, a two issue spinoff. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, um, it may be, a, a strike file. Like, uh, remember how, what was the old image, uh, series? Was that Youngblood strike file? Yeah, uh-huh. There yep. may be a profit, um, take on that. Awesome. Neat. Neat. Yeah. Um, I got, I got one more. Wow. Do I'm it. Proud of you. Proud of you. Well, I mean, I have like eight more, but I got one more that I wanted to absolutely make sure to talk about this week. Uh, we are fans of the Kickstarter, right? Sure. Kickstarters are cool. Finally got my, uh, and I, and I say finally, it was not, it was not that late, but, you know, gentlemen got, uh, got a little busy, um, this year. Uh, Molly Danger. The oh, Jamal yes. nice. Kickstarter. Any, anybody else hop on that? Yeah, I have it. I have not read it yet, but I do have it, yes. It's big. Yeah. It is. It's uh, treasury sized. Like yes. Yeah. And I love that. I love the size and it's, and it's a hardcover. I mean, it's not incredibly thick. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not a, it's not a huge, a huge graphic novel by any means, but it is, it's oversized and it's beautiful. And Jamal has done what I think Jamal does best. He has made a very smart, all ages action adventure comic. And it is, I'll keep going back and you guys, you guys hear this from me all the time. If I like something, I will call it extremely entertaining. This book was, and that could be profit was extremely entertaining. Kind of fucked up. Um, this is, I, any like 12 year old boy or girl in the world could read this, be entertained and then give it to their mom or dad and they would also be entertained. And so it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't talk down to an age group. It's just a really good all ages comic. And it's kind of what this, I don't want to say dystopian, um, world, but yeah, probably a little bit. Um, and Molly is, Molly's a great character. And I want to see, I want to see more, more of her in the future. And I think that Jamal has every intention of, of bringing more stories. Yeah, he does. Him. And also, by the way, that on that book, shout out, um, not just to Jamal, but, uh, his anchor, Juan Castro. Juan, who's a, yeah. A friend of our show. He's one of him. the, uh, he's uh, one of the no apologies guys along with, uh, Campbell and, uh, Daryl. And, uh, he's, he's blowing up too. He's getting a ton of, of high level. He yeah. gigs now, so uh, yeah, just check great. him out. He did, he did a fantastic job because the book looks fantastic. You know, the coloring's great. The production value on it. This is without a doubt a Kickstarter success for me. Yeah. That I'm I'm totally glad that that I ordered it. And um, I'm remiss not having read it yet. I looked through it, and I have to say, and I've told Jamal this before, but one of the things that draws me into Jamal, and I think he and Juan Castro combined, especially, uh, it really, really to me looks like Busema. Like John, it really it, and I, I mean, I know that was That's a big, nice big uh, yeah. I know he was a big influence on Jamal, so it's probably who had a uh, who who would have been, I believe, eighties. It was his birthday today. I think that was yeah, that's right. Yeah, look at that. Oh, neat. He's going in the show notes. Oh, uh, week, baby. Absolutely. All right, I'm spent. You guys, right. I got. Well, I mean, I could go on. You got want me to go on? I, I got go something. On. I think you want to hear about Chris. <laughs> okay. I seriously do. I did a lot of catching up this weekend. 
let's just do a couple of little tiny micro bursts. I think Trillium is Jeff Lemire's best and most mature work to date, and I, I love need it. To read this. That is, yep. I mean, just because you know how much I love Jeff, that is saying something. No, I mean, it's, it's high, high, high praise to just because I feel like he's his non, which is not to besmirch his DC stuff, but his non DC mainstream stuff, like the collection yes, of it, it's like Hall of Fame level work so far. Between, yeah, I mean, so no, and I don't know, okay, just Annie or Sweet Tooth is his. I, I personally, I, I think Sweet Tooth is one of my favorite comics of all time. All right, I'll give you my reasons real quick. Um, the story is fantastic, um, visionary science fiction, but not only is the story great, but he plays with the medium of comics. Uh, in the, there, there are two stories happening simultaneously, so he presents them on both sides of the first issue, and you have to read uh, the, the one side front to the middle, and then you flip it over and you read it, and it's a different story, but the two stories dovetail after the first issue, and then he does other things with the medium towards, I think, fifth issue came out. So, um, and third, I think visually, it's by far his strongest graphic work. Far, far yeah. and away, he's the best he's ever looked. Yeah, and I mean, I love it's, it's tight. It's tighter. It's wow. very tight. But he, uh, he, and Jose Villarubia are playing around with the coloring. It, it's very painterly. It's it's just a, a drop dead beautiful book, and it's uh, it plays around with time and space and uh, desire. It's just a great book. You should really read it if you haven't already. Uh, what else did I read? I caught up on Spectacular Spot, not Spectacular, Superior Spider-Man. Read yeah. all the way up to issue 23. That is a great book. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about, because we, <laughs> we may have some crossover here with, with, uh, Tony's fan base. Uh, I got caught up on Crossed. <laughs> oh boy. Crossed Badlands. I read issues 37 to 41. Written by? Uh, uh 37 to 39 are written by Cy Spurrier. Uh, illustrated by Rafael Ortiz. Is um, David Lapham's off now? He's not doing it anymore? Well, occasionally he does, but he hasn't been doing as much as he, he used. When, when, when Lapham comes on, he always does, he, he's continuing the psychopath story. Mm-hmm. He, he is fixated on this Andrea character and, and her exploits, and she's, she's, uh, become even more despicable than, uh, the, Mr. Laurie, the titular psychopath. But anyway. Uh, no, Simon Spurrier draw, uh, wrote 37 to 39, and it is, I gotta say, by far one of the best chapters in the crossed universe. Uh, almost tastefully done. Almost. Okay? Uh, w- what the writers are doing here, um, they're continuing that George Romero trend of adding, like, subtext and conceptual deep conceptual hooks to the carnage. I mean, carnage and, and carnal uh, ac- activities are great, but Crossed has been going on for, what, 60-some issues? It would get kind of old at this point. Yep. So, so they're giving you uh, something on which to chew as well as the chaos, which is great, like a dick in a frying pan, as seen in issue 40. But um, So in 37 to 39, it's a buddy picture, like a um, a road story, but they, they're all kind of road stories in the cross universe where the biker meets the beatnik. It, it's, it's a very odd coupling of a burly leather and spike clad faggot Hayton, and that's his words, not mine, uh, Harley jockey named Errol. 
and you have a tree humping, uh, tie dye, dreadlock, Vespa driver named Frank. Uh, so you have both worlds here. Uh, both of them are none too happy about the current state of, of the, the planet, and they plan to bid uh, the place adieu. They want to die, uh, specifically in San Diego, but not before they take care of some unfinished business. See, Errol, the biker, was a member of the Devil's Fools out of Flagstaff, and his club was infected by a rival gang member named Zeke the Geek. Comes in uh, with his boys. They do their dirty work. Uh, the uh, the Devil's Fools all cross over. And uh, Errol is there uh, to clean up. He's got to take care of his friends, put them down, before he you know narrowly escapes with his life. Uh, so he plans to find Zeke and make him pay for what he'd done. Uh, Frank... The, the, the hippie, uh, is an oaky who made ends meet by, uh, selling nature's harvest to, uh, <laughs> to, to yokels. Uh, and this is a guy that's chasing the ultimate high. Not, not the, you know, the stuff cooked up in, in labs. He wants the green stuff. Uh, weed, psilocybin, uh, as he calls them, pedigree fucking botanics. Um, he encounters a person called the plant dude. Through mail order, a scientist who has genetically engineered uh, crossbred these concoctions designed to do exactly what all Frank wants. Uh, Before you, I know you hate being interrupted. That's okay. I got to ask you a question. Uh, so, someone who's only passingly familiar with what's going on across. Is this all happening before, like, the, whatever happens that causes the crossed world to happen, or is this happening after? No, like- no, this happens after. The thing that happens. Uh, well, I wouldn't say before, but the thing that causes the outbreak, Garth Ennis is going to come back with issue 50 and, and talk about that. So there's like still normal life going on in spite of... No, it's not normal at all. It's chaos. The, the cross has spread everywhere. Okay, but then, but there's, you're saying there's still a dude that's making like herbal things. Well, no, this, this is what instigates. He, there was a dude, but when the shit, ah, yeah, okay. when the shit hit the fan, Frank uh, kept the notion of this this plant dude and his concoction that is designed to give you the ultimate high. Uh, unfortunately, everyone who has tried this drug has died, and Frank is like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to check out in spectacular fashion. I'm going to find this guy, get this drug, and I'm just going to go out on the ultimate high. So th- they're both. Uh, on on that suicide road of sorts um but they're not being entirely uh truthful when they tell their stories because both of their tales are laced with guilt i'm not going to go into specifics but they leave out very specific details in, in the telling that cast these this darker kind of very different light on the reasons why they got to do what they got to do to tell you what those reasons are would spoil it for you i'm not going to do that so so the two team up and they're on the road, uh, and they just happen to uh, cross paths with Elena, a very pregnant Hispanic woman, who who is on the run from her gangster husband. Uh, the buddies they save her from the cross, and and Frank, uh, the tree hugger, you know, he wants to keep her. Can we keep her? Uh, so they do, and uh, she's a very devout Christian, motivated by, but. <laughs> What is that? That's that's what they did, but they didn't have a gun. They had a sledgehammer. But what? 
What's causing that? Though? I don't know, but it's fun. I could Seriously? do this. This That's, is. I don't know. It's, it's awesome. No. Tony. Tony's, Tony? Tony's on He's in L.A. There's been a shooting. This is driving back. Did we lose Tony? This is great. Is he getting shot? <laughs> Damn you. That's not funny. Uh, no, it's funny. It can't be true. Come on. It, he's probably got funny. He's probably got some kind of... That's his sound effect for when someone tries to, you know, connect with him or something. I hope. Anyway. I think he's been shot. No. So anyway, they save Elena from the cross. She's pregnant. She doesn't want to get captured by her husband because he wants... You know, he's going to do bad, nasty things to her. Uh, and she claims that there's a sanctuary island off the coast where all her people have gathered and it's going to be a paradise and the Lord is going to guide her to this island. And he brought these two gentlemen uh, into her uh, path. And it's, thank God. Uh, but unfortunately, um, things take a turn for the worst, as they do in the Cross Universe, uh, when the trio encounters the padre and his uh his flock and elena makes the the mistake of telling the padre that these two guys i'm with senor they're going to kill themselves and it is the 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 ultimate the most horrible sin of all so the padre ain't having it and he drugs the the, the boys and is going to use them as bait to lure the crossed in so his flock can take care of the crossed in 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 manageable numbers and uh i'm going to leave it at that it, it's 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 a it's a story uh which showcases that very thin line between love and hate and how those emotions can kind of become polar opposites given um the the right uh petri dish uh it's about honor it's about faith it's about misinterpretations of 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 faith and and scripture uh, and how people exploit belief systems in, in times of crisis. Uh, it's about redemption. There's role reversal in here, lessons learned and unlearned, and there's deep, dark secrets. And it's definitely one of the best cross tales to date. It's only three issues. That's what I like about these. They come in, they come in, they hit hard, and then you, in most cases, uh, unless you're David Latham, you never see these characters again. What's what's left of them? And I got to say, this does not end well. But um, anyway, so then you get to issues 40 and 41. I'm only going to gloss over this because it's not done. And, and I don't want to praise it if the ending sucks balls. But um, it, it shouldn't because it's written by David Hine. And David Hine's great. Uh, illustrated by uh, Herman Eramusp. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But it opens with that aforementioned dick in a frying pan. It's it's like the feel-good hit of, of the season. Tony Randall, dick in a frying pan on Broadway. But it, there's a reason why there's a dick in a frying pan. Of course there is. It, course. It, it's it's crossed, but, I mean, it's it's not gratuitous for the sake of being... Well, yeah, it is. But in this case... Say, but in this case, it's a rape-revenge story. Um, the, the dick in the frying pan was drawn by a woman, manga artist, currently living in Japan, but she had visited the United States. And while she was in the United States, she was gang raped. Oh. And it was recorded. It was, it was videotaped and distributed, uh, on the internet through social media. And so she fled, she fled the country in shame. And uh, she's desperately trying to hide the fact from her Japanese parents. Her father, especially, is very traditional Japanese. Are just carrying on without you? We, we, you're still here. 
No, that wasn't Tony. No, that was Chris, I'm, I think. I'm here now. Yeah. Oh. Uh, hey, dude. I think you got uh, knocked off, didn't you? Something happened. I, I just went We dead. heard, like, gunshots. Are you all right? I just texted Dave that I, that I made it back in time for gangrene. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I thought you said Dave for a second. But <laughs> I did. So, <laughs> good. So she flees the country and tries to hide the fact that she's been raped from her parents. Her father hates the United States. The dude's very traditional uh, Japanese. His wife, however, got perverted by the country, he claims. Went to the United States and she came back and she she transformed this, this uh, you know, ancient Japanese tea house into a coffee shop. And he does not like it at all. So what what uh, what the daughter does is she draws manga, but because she's a woman, and she's uh, a woman in a, a male dominated manga industry. On uh, number one, number two, it's a Japanese. Is this Carl still? Yeah, it's it's a Japanese. <laughs> Shut up, Tony. It's it's I'm a, sorry. No, it's all right. It's a Japanese industry, so Japanese traditionally uh, view men anyway view women as subservient and inferior. It ain't right, but a lot of them do, and and so she's got she's got a lot of uh, obstacles to overcome. So she gives her art to a man who poses as as her, you know. And uh, the 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 manga that she draws is this r- rape revenge fantasy with this really strong woman that you know cuts the 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 penises off men and and does nasty things with them uh but it's it's the first outbreak of the cross in japan and where does it happen in a buddhist monastery oh sick yeah uh all i gotta say is crossed ninja buddhist monks say (laughs) say no more you know what you just i have to say I, i have a feeling this is one of those books where listening to you talk about it is probably infinitely more satisfying than if I actually... Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. It's kind of like Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, which I really don't like. But but anyway, um, I, so you, you, got a, you, you got a bunch of, mo- of, of monks, right? And uh, almost asexual monks. And when they get crossed... They do the most reprehensible things. You, I mean, this the 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 biker and the beatnik one is almost tastefully done. This is just foul shit. There, there there's a monk running around who is mouth fucking a severed head, and when he, when he no no when he, when he when he gets interrupted, he runs around with the head still on his dick like a codpiece. Oh boy, it's geez. awesome. It is so good. But good night, everybody. I, again, there 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 are there are themes going through this that's just it's not pornography it's not splatter punk it's you know what i mean they're dealing with religion they're dealing with this blind adherence to tradition and nationalism there's something to chew on it's not just chaos there's meat on this bones that's what i'm saying so i got i just love every bit of cross i've never read a cross story i didn't like on some level but it just seems the recent stuff is getting really deep they're they're really trying to to push the the undercurrents, and that's great. I mean, if if you can have both worlds, that's awesome. And like I said, Garth Ennis comes back with issue fifty. It's called Patient Zero, and it's going to investigate the origins of the cross, which mm-hmm. I cannot wait. They've been hiding it for so long. It's like sixty issues. We're doing the uh, Wolverine dead uh, Kirkman. Thing. Yeah, yeah. They they we have no idea what really caused it, and now I hope we'll find out. So yeah, Crossed is awesome. Dick in a frying pan. I'm Broadway. Uh, Tony, tell us about My Little Pony, brother. I'm working on it right now. 
Uh, I'm drawing uh, issue number two of uh, My Little Pony Friendship Friendship Forever. Friends for I don't know. It's uh, My Little Pony's team up. Basically, is what it is. Uh, you I'm do waiting for the My Little Pony crossed crossover. That'd be awesome. Well, I know Hasbro has made uh, inroads. They're they're talking with the Avatar people. Well, yeah, they, they to get that going. Didn't they recently? Talk to Mitch Johnson, he's an important person. Or no, here. no, wait. Didn't they recently transform the ponies into real people? I just saw I did. Them. Yeah, I did that. I did the. Uh, it's called Equestria Girls. It's like a, a side universe, like a alternate universe. Yeah. where they're where they're humans. But they have toys, uh, right? They have toys for these. They things. They have toys. It's basically you know they have the Monster High, the so wildly popular yeah. with the kids. Yeah. They uh, Hasbro decided they could get some of that money. And so they made their wildly popular ponies into uh, teenage girls. I got nieces, and the one thing I know is that baby girls, like five-year-old girls, love teenage girls. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they hit a home run with that thing. Like every everybody I because I know a lot of people with kids, with young girls particularly, and everybody that liked My Little Pony before loves it when they're teenage girls. So I did the annual, which was forty pages of the teenage girls ponies. Now, have, you, have you been able to, to procure ultimate cool uncle status by getting them some like sweet ass uh, toy that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to get? I bring yeah, I bring them plenty of pony stuff and uh, and they're into that. And then also, I'll be I'm doing like more pony conventions this next year. Like I'll be around the actual actors and stuff like that. So I think I'll I'll try and set up some phone calls. Oh. Where, where no. Princess Celestia? Can you record on your phone and send to me, please, the uh, moments when you run up and punch some bronies in the face. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I love those guys. Man. That documentary is great. Is it? Was it on TV or is it on the internet? Where, where do you? Well, see I, I, I saw it. Let's Vince just say, doesn't know real TV. He doesn't even know what that means. No, do, you, do you know who who did it? It's um, the guy that did Q. What what's his name? Um, John Delancey. John Delancey. The serpent. Yeah. Oh. No, no, not that. <laughs> That's Carradine. No, uh, John Delancey is is the uh, the yeah the narrator and and the interviewer. Yeah, is that and where Ben Grimm's from? It's nuts. But what w- what I wanted to say is I <laughs> that's that's the Yancey. Yeah. yeah. Oh my bad, yeah. my bad. Jeez. Oh, I, I gotta ask, you, how, how do you go from from traditional illustrator to drawing My Little Pony? Like, how did you get this gig? It's a regular, like it. It's a traditional job, you know. Like I well, just yeah. got it. The same way you get any comic book job, where I was talking to an editor about doing some work, and it just so happened that they were uh, working on getting the My Little Pony license at the time, and so they needed some artwork to show Hasbro, like, this is what My Little Pony comic books would look like. So I did, like, a quick, you know, took half an evening and did, like, a My Little Pony piece and said, like, here's what I would draw like. And they sent it to Hasbro, and they ended up getting the license and I ended up getting work uh, pretty soon after that. So you were crucial in IDW securing the pony license? I don't know that I was crucial. I was there in the mix. And I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to draw My Little Pony comics. And then the announcement came out that they're like, Hasbro's going to make My Little Pony comics. And I was like, here comes my money. Yeah. And then they were like, and Andy Price is going to draw it. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Katie Cook and Andy Price, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, my name was not mentioned, or I was not emailed for some time. Like, I was the like, fuck? this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't believe I did that artwork for free. Uh, but they <laughs> called me up pretty, pretty quickly thereafter, uh, and the work has not stopped since. Like, it's been now, pretty dude, uh, good for you. you. Know, we've had Robert Atkins on the show, and he's talked to us that you know when uh, he was doing the Joe comics, 
it was insane and that the, the G.I. Joe collectors outside of the comics world are so ravenous that mm-hmm. we've been after just a couple issues. And from thereafter, he, he basically had almost all of the comics pre-sold to Joe collectors. Like, like Joe collectors would, he'd send them out an email saying this episode, you know, this issue is going to be about shipwreck versus, you know, Firefly. And then like some huge shipwreck fan would write him back and be like, I want the whole issue. So it unseen. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that's necessarily happened to that magnitude, but like, are you, are you being, are there hardcore My Little Pony fans who are also art collectors such that, you know, they're, they're like saying, dude, I want, I want your art like pronto as soon as you can get it to me. Is that happening? Uh, there are a few, not, not so much that they, that they don't care what I'm doing and they just want to lock it down in advance anyway. There's, there's, <laughs> I probably got like three guys that, uh, that are just pony art buyers. Um, but the thing about, like, the difference between G.I. Joe and Pony... They're all guys, too, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. But the, right. one, the ones that buy the artwork are usually parents, like, that have daughters, because the price I charge for them, like, it's not cheap. So they're, they're usually, like, doctors or lawyers or, you know, like, they've got some sort of... Trying to be super like, bad, yeah. Yeah, like, I want to buy my kids something, My Little Pony, that, that none of their friends have. Um, but the difference between G.I. Joe and Ponies is the G.I. Joe fans have had comics for 20-some years, right. and so they understand how they work. So with the ponies, I sell covers a lot. I sell interiors less because I, I think the fans of the book are just slowly figuring out like the language of comics and what the difference is and, and what... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm in, a, I'm in a working studio, so there's all kinds of stuff going oh, on. Oh, that's great. No I love it. Vince loves cats. Um, yeah, so the, like, so I sell covers, pages I sell less often, but I, you know, like every every issue I'll get emails about moving a few things. So it's been alright. It's definitely nice. It's as with anything invo- like My Little Pony involved. It's nice that people even pay attention to what I'm doing because normally i you know, like I've been working in comics for years, just sort of on the periphery. And like Quentin Tarantino said, he was in the film industry for like six years, doing whatever before he sold anything. You know, that's sort of where I was. Yeah, but we've talked about that because we've known you for a long time, and you had, I think I first met you, or at least the internet met you through the, you know, the sketch card thing you did years ago, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it's it's that's actually one of my favorite things about being in this uh, in this world of seeing people that we know and like personally and know have talent like start to break in, you know, and then see the career. I mean, which is really, I mean, I would say like you know, I'm starting to feel old now because I feel like we've like a lot of dudes that are like you know killing it in the business now are people that we. You know, we we knew back in the day. It's like the, uh, it's like when you're a music fan and you you you, know, you like that group that hasn't been signed to a major label yet. You know, and then you yeah, then, then they blow up and you're like, ah, I was listening to them back in the dive bars and yeah, when you're underground. Yeah. Now, well, awesome. hopefully you'll be around to see my decline, my slow decline into the <laughs> has been. Status. You got to keep it going at least for another year until you until you actually lock that lady down formally. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to see what's like, see what's going on with the starving artist shit. You're betrothed. Uh, You're lucky man. Did you set a date yet? Uh, officially no, but it's gonna be, I think February fifteenth, twenty fifteen. All right. So when should I? When should we expect the invite? <laughs> I don't think you're getting one. I'm sorry, <laughs> oh, I thought I was gonna marry you guys. <laughs> that, 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 was thought, her, that was part of you coming. I thought. Yeah. We, the <laughs> oh, is this, is this quid pro quo? Well, yeah. I figured. Figured Chris would definitely have a bond spiel. 
so we could cut it down to three yeah, plus three. I didn't expect Chris to be invited. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> we don't just share a love of comics, Tony. We share a love of hip hop too. So I mean, here we true. go. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you guys, never dicks, but we can't talk about hip hop. <laughs> It's the same okay. thing, isn't it? This, this little guy has something at midnight. What's going on? Who? What do you it's, got at midnight? There's something at midnight that you guys are all... Oh, oh some hip-hop thing. Yeah. Buster Rhymes. Yeah, I like him. Buster Rhymes, yeah. He's very talented. Buster's Buster. And the, uh, the tone out the, the cover... Buster. They have the cover art for this new mixtape is a dragon done in the same way that uh, Low End Theory's cover was done. No way. So, <laughs> no, I'm. I know what that is. <laughs> Great. Wow. Hip hop comic book. Uh, to bring it back to comics, I'm friends with the guy that drew the cover for uh, AT Aliens, the Outcast nice. album. He's a comic nice. book artist. His name is. Uh, the fuck it. <laughs> he is friend. You don't even know his name. I'm very good friends with him. I'm blanking out right What's now. What's his name? He's my uh, best man. I can't even. Yeah, he's my bro. Wait, he's invited to your wedding. You back. Yeah, really. You don't even know his name. <laughs> yeah, he comes over. Shit. Uh, Frank Gomez. Oh Frank man. Gomez. Oh, Raul. Hey, Frank. Lopez. Lopez. And he did the uh, he did the Superman with the machine gun. Big crazy. Shit. All right. Shit, I know where we stand now. Damn. Oh, no. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have Gomez on the show next week. Can't wait for Tony tweet tomorrow. Yeah, I was on this show. What the fuck's it called? He was on show. Anyway, <laughs> on CGS. Long box something. What is it? Long box. <laughs> Damn. Oh, it's messed up. But anyway, uh, hey, your your boy uh, Jesus is tweeting some insane shit, dude. I mean, there's something wrong with him. I think he was. Uh, I don't think I follow him. What's that? I don't even think I follow him. I'm very into separating the artist from the art. I think I, I think you have to with some of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't follow most. The only like entertainment people that I actually follow are comic creators. Just because yeah. I, I don't I don't follow any like I think true celebs. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few. I few follow a few hip hop guys. I follow Q Tip and stuff. But they don't. They rarely tweet. So it's not like that, that's why I I don't follow Dan Slot because when he starts with that lefty bullshit, I I just I can't I can't take it. Oh, what? <laughs> Lefty, what? what you only like right-handed people? I do. <laughs> That's oh, it. Oh, God. Yeah. Americans. I like Americans. Right? America. Don't even get me. Fuck. Change the <laughs> Well, about Jesus, I, I, he handle, was, uh, I can't handle stupid tonight. He was on the Boy <laughs> Chong show last week. And, uh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you said You said you had, like, advanced, uh, advanced yeah, notice and, about and, this interview. And it was. So I listened to it. I actually tuned in. I, he's. I mean, I, he. I love him. I think he's a genius, but he's. He's. I think he's insane. He is. He's yeah. gone insane. He has. Who has? Kanye. Kanye. Insane. Yeah. Like he does, he always for gone hours with them, and I. I honestly couldn't understand. He was going in so many circles, like with, like contradicting himself. Ten minutes later, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. He doesn't read the books. Doesn't like the books. You know, what always <laughs> makes me think about is the the Dave Chappelle bit about. Michael Jackson getting on top of that police car and he's doing that because he thinks that's what you want from him. Like these people get into fame so deep that they just start to like, they don't know what, why does he care about sneakers? Kanye, like who I never once saw that dude was, was like, I should, I, I bet he would make a great sneaker. Yeah. You know, like he's a, the guy's a, he makes songs. 
there's a lot of rumors now that he's uh, he went broke. He's I mean now he'll make more money, so he's not. But he's 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 strapped now because he poured fifteen million dollars into his clothing line and it didn't work, didn't go anywhere. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> yeah, I can't pay attention. I'm stuck. I've got comic creators I can't follow on Twitter because oh, it takes me like their work. We could make a list of those not to follow. Yep. Oh, we'll we'll stay on and after the show and discuss this. Yeah. I, yeah. First things first. <laughs> Twitter is definitely one of those things where, uh, like, I will definitely like actively unfollow people. Yep. Yeah. Like, whereas on Facebook, you know, I may like move them to like a different, like maybe like an acquaintance tier or something. If I just, you know, but I'm not gonna like unfriend somebody, you know, because. But but like Twitter, man, I'm, I'll bang you right out if you start yeah. to annoy me because it's like, like you know how I feel about Eric Larson. Love the dude's work. Right. His yeah. tweets, ah, something they're like nails on a blackboard. Smart guy. Well, there's another dude which I recently unfollowed that I'm not going to put him on blast, but it's someone that we certainly like their work and uh, and uh, he may have even had on the show. <laughs> but wow! But I was like, nah, I'm out. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't. But it, it's okay. It's just it, it's it's a very valuable approximation of the real person, and you got to separate that from the the product. You know, it's the worst so, is when is when the person is an important. Like key to other Twitter conversations, and you can't get rid of. Oh, I've got right. one right now that I would love to get rid of, but I know he's he's so entrenched with so many other groups of people. I know that if I get rid of him, I won't see what anyone's talking about right. ever again. Yeah. So I have to keep I have to keep liking his work less and less. <laughs> it's it's hard to to balance it. It really is. I'm sure there there are people out there that feel the same way about our tweets. I mean, mine oh, are just no question. Yeah. ridiculous. And and vice versa. I've had people come and say that they stopped listening to the show, and then but they still follow us on Twitter. Really? I, I apologize. I'm sorry. What's that about? <laughs> no, I think we're all guilty of of losing listeners. Believe me, we have all any anyone that does anything in the public eye that puts up consumption has people that absolutely loathe them. And all shame right. shame on you if you care. That's what I say. Speaking of lefties and yeah. righties, did you, have you guys seen this? Uh, the website that was it like the four color media monitor? The blog? No. Oh. Hey, he has the same keyboard I have. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. he is. He is googling it up. Hey, I don't know how you guys do this so silently every week. It's amazing. Yeah, four color media monitor dot oh. It's this dude Avi Green. Uh, and he just keeps track of what comic book creators say. If they're too liberal, it, uh, it infuriates him. And it is great. My favorite thing was when Eric Larson was talking about the Noah trailer uh. a couple weeks ago and how ridiculous it is that Noah is a story that people believe is a true story. Mm-hmm. This dude went berserk. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he Noah was real? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a true story. Oh, I gotta follow this for guy. real. That's awesome. <laughs> the only problem with it, it's, it's four color medmon.blogspot.com. Four color M-E-D-M-O-N. It's a, it's a conservative guy that just follows comic You're gonna creators. put this in the show notes, Vince. He's my people. Uh, but the best people. is... It's insane. No, he's, he's an American. The post about Noah goes on forever, and then the first comment at the bottom is John Lehman, and he says, you are the dumbest motherfucker on the internet. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you don't blame him. It's my favorite. So yeah, oh. definitely worth checking out. Four color media monitor. Anytime anybody pops, like he hates Mark Wade, of course. He hates, uh, Bendis' politics. When Bendis, when the, when the kid was gay in X-Men two weeks ago, he had a <laughs> freak out about that. 
I love it. This guy, it's got, it's got to be like a fake, a no, fake, right? It is serious as cancer. Rhythm is a oh jeez, wow. like this dude. Well, no joke. <laughs> I want to. I know some props have been given, um, and Vince. Yes, I know. That, I know that you're making fun of the lefties just to get under my skin a little bit. So, so I want to. I want to. I want to embrace you. I want to give you a big old man hug. Wow. Right because I haven't been on the show uh, to let you know that probably my favorite single issue of the year, besides Dave, uh-huh. I've got two of them now, probably my single favorite issue of the year is Afterlife with Archie, number one. Did I not tell you? Oh, my God. Wow. How amazing was that Christmas book? Christmas miracle. I, you know what? I'm getting a little lightheaded. Dude, it's a good thing I'm sitting so- down. So it was like it was, it was absolutely perfect. There was Somebody nothing. Would let me see their copy. Maybe I'd read it. There was there was there was nothing about that book that wasn't perfect. No, no, and it just pulls those heartstrings that we've been dragging along for 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 decades, and it's it's very disturbing. Yeah, I. I can't wait to re, I, I will own this. If they would release this in an absolute edition, I would buy it. Me too. I, I, it, it was awesome. And Frank Avila is a fucking madman. Yeah, he's so good. So oh, good. 100% agree. Yeah. It's amazing. You want to talk about heartstrings? I got a text message when the first issue came out from a buddy of mine. Uh, and he said, Hey, do you want to do a variant cover for Afterlife with Archie? And I said, Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, and he said, okay, it's going to be this and this, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk to the guys. And then, like uh, the next day, I get a text message that's like, hold on, sorry, something <laughs> something's changing. And I go, all right, what's up? And that's the la- I haven't heard from him since. Oh, you got to pursue that. I want to I want a Tony Afterlife cover. Yes, Look, I want a Tony Afterlife cover. Yeah, that book is the like it's the best book. It's so good. Yes, and it's it's. It's the same kind of creepy and unsettling as Cross, but they don't have to be explicit to get there, which is cool. Yeah. It's yeah. really, it's smart. It's really smart. Yeah. And that's the thing about Archie. They just keep pushing the boundaries of, of, of what they do. Uh, for, for decades, they just subsisted on the Riverdale gang, and then all of a sudden, they just started trying different things, and everything seems to work for them. Mm-hmm. It's just. When all of a sudden do you think it was? Like, is it, is it with the new editorial? Or what's the, what do you think it is? Uh, I actually think it was Sonic that they really started to branch out. And no, nope, nope. Let me, let me take that. Did the Turtles come before Sonic? The Archie version of the Turtles? I want to say yes. Might right. have been right around the yeah, same time. Yeah, I, I think. Was that the Gene Colon stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. own a page of that. I sure do. My, my, my best buddy bought it for me. <laughs> That's right. So you're saying, like, in 1993, they started... Yeah, well, I I think it's a relatively recent development. It just seems like they've been compounding on it seemingly by the year. The Mega Man and and that new trend or new look, Archie, where they they tried to uh, render the characters more realistically, that seemed to be some something of a hit because it led to Life with Archie, which pushed the, the, the stories into areas where... You know, everybody, it, it's almost like fanfic. Everybody had their, their idea of who Archie would pick, but now you can have both of them. Right. And, which is just brilliant. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't really have to matter. You know, they're just great stories. And they, they seem to be a haven for great comic book creators who have fallen out of favor with the big two. 
Right, right. Which is, it's just smart business. Look at us uh, giving Archie Comics a lot of love over the last few weeks. They're good. Well, I mean, have you, you have not read this issue, Jason? No, I have not. Dude, it's fucking awesome. It is fantastic. It's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, it's, um, what was the, uh, what was the Brubaker, um, take on the Archie character? Well, uh, oh, it was incredible. Oh, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, last yeah. Yeah. Wet, right. last the, it's, yeah. it is, I'm gonna, it, it, I mean, that was through the criminal spyglass. Mm-hmm. I will go out on a whim and say that I enjoyed this more than Wow, that, that. is high praise, because I, I, Last Innocence is definitely, well, I'd say definitely, but it's probably my favorite uh, criminal uh, arc. So. Yeah, but yeah. see, that, it's, that's... It's, it's, it's just, a, it's through a different spyglass. Well, yeah, this it's a is, parody. This oh, is yeah. the actual characters. Yeah, this is the actual characters. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it well, it's kind of like um, uh, what Black Science, except it's the it's better written um, and, and and I love Rick but he'll get better um, the, the art he's, he's, the, he's so young the art is so good in this that it, it could carry it but the story is equally as entertaining smart it's a smart story yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would go as far as to say for, for my money you know how much I love Sonic right I think it's the best thing Archie's ever done for, as a mature adult, as, as a mature adult, not, I'm not talking about the old, like the old stuff is classic and beautiful and has its place in comic book history. But as a mature adult who loves horror movies and all things disturbing, I think this is the best thing Archie has ever done. Okay, yeah, it's definitely the most up my alley thing Archie has ever done. Yeah, I mean, I mean sometimes it's like a hard. It has, it has everything I, w- I would want to see in an Archie comic book. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason <laughs> romance <laughs> comics died off, right? You know, so I mean, Archie at the, at the core is a romance comic. So um, th- there's that audience, but th- th- when when you have uh, middle aged men driving the industry, it's just plain smart to do something like this. Yeah, Pretty definitely. Yeah, I have a feeling that book is going to make it onto a lot of uh, comic people's best of list just based on how much oh, yeah. praise it's gotten. Rightly so. Yeah, I've heard anybody not rave about it. For sure. We got to hook you up. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I have. I bought all. Th- I think there was three covers for the first one. The, it's oh, it's did the, you really? It's the first time in. in, 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 in a, send one of those my it, way. It's the first time in right. a lot of years where I bought variants. Yeah. Only Campbell. Uh, nice. Tim Seeley, you know, to, to, uh, Tim, bring back uh, things to yep. revival. Tim Tim Seeley did a nice. Uh, he sure variant. did. Yeah. He probably took Tony's spot. <laughs> Seriously, David, you've been uh, uncharacteristically quiet. I've been, I've been enjoying this immensely. Well, I, let I, us I, enjoy I, it uh, by uh, listening uh, to you. Um, I, uh, I, I did. Well, there's there's one thing that that Jason asked Vince and I to read, which we'll get to. Who'd we lose? Uh, did we lose someone? I hope not. I just oh, heard it. I just heard the beat. We lost Tony again. Some bitch. How does this Damn keep it. happening? Um, I I did read well. I read Black Science the other day, but I, I read another uh, Matteo book that, that Vince mentioned earlier, the uh, the Dead Body Road, which there was a lot of fucks. Yes, written in this issue, and I and 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 I'm liking Justin Jordan. I still haven't read Luther Strode. Okay, um, and I I um. I haven't really read 
um, any of his uh, Red Lantern stuff. But I, as, as a first issue, as a setup, this this was interesting. I um, it it looked a little different than than I thought Mateo's work looked like in in Black Science. But it it this it's it's a revenge story. Um, and it's, it's, um, I could definitely see it being a movie. Uh, it, it, it's, I like the, um, well, it, it's hard to say if I, there's not much to go on as far as the main character. You know why he's doing what he's doing. Um, the bad people, uh, are, are real bad people. And then there's, and then there's this one scene. Uh, a torture scene, which kind of seems almost out of place, but overall, it was it was a pretty funky first issue. I, I thought that um, it felt a little different than some of the other first issues I've read from Image recently, including Umbral or Sex Criminals or um, the thing that Vince raved about, Pretty Deadly. Um, <laughs> but it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out the second issue. I'm 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 along for the ride so far. I, I uh, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see where where Jordan's taking these characters and and you can't you can't scoff at the art. So right. so that was that was pretty. I, I would definitely recommend someone checking that out as long as they're not uh, as long as they're they're not turned off by by uh, pretty much everybody and and a baby in a stroller practically saying dropping an f bomb. <laughs> Well, let me interject one second. Just so. to, Jason, I read, uh, just to follow up on something you talked about a couple weeks ago, I read uh, Manifest Destiny number one. Uh-huh. Loved it. Oh, nice. I, I thought it was great. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, you uh, you enjoyed it, but you weren't, like, you didn't rave about it, but you thought it was just, it was, it was good enough? Or I, I No, no, I enjoyed it. I, I just, I, I said I was really intrigued and surprised. I didn't know, I had no idea what it was about until I opened up the comic. I, I, I I ordered it sudden scene. Yeah. Okay. I I like it. I think I'm getting the feeling, uh, judging by the arch, that it's a post-apocalyptic uh, scenario. Oh, you know, no. I mean, well, I mean, based on all the solicits, it's just supposed to be his 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 telling of what actually happened on the Lewis and Clark expedition. Okay. Well, there's that too. Yeah, that yeah. would work. Uh, but I think Jensen's going to be the uh, one of those characters you just love to hate. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I like it a lot. And the mystery, too. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Okay, sorry, David. That's all right. Um, and I read the Deadpool Annual. Yeah, me oh, too. Yeah. And, uh, and and Shane nailed it, I thought. I I, uh, I really enjoyed the um, the art there. I You know, it's been a while since since I read a story with Mad Cat. <laughs> so that was that was entertaining. It 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 really was a um it it was for a non uncanny X Force Deadpool story. I, I really enjoyed it as, as I still haven't read a lot of Deadpool, so I'm I'm judging it based on other Deadpool stories that I have read and, and this this was fun. I, I really, really dug it. Yeah, it was a great little retcon. I mean the the it gave a face to some of the voices that have been in 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 Wade's head, and one the voice one of the voices was Madcap. It was just really smart, and I think the art was great, just fantastic. Yeah, it's really great seeing Doc Shaner get up. Uh, oh a, yeah, a the blacks are sweet, just yeah, really yeah. nice blacks. But I had to laugh, I, you know, 
when when we encounter humor in comics, you chuckle once in a while. Maybe uh, rarely a belly laugh. The the scenes where where Luke Cage and Thor were dancing, yeah. I re- I really laughed out loud. I did. That's <laughs> that's tough to do. Uh, at least as far as, as I'm concerned, it, it's tough to just make me laugh it, it, at something that's not disturbing. Like a dick uh, in right. a frying pan, I'll laugh at that. But, <laughs> but you know, who wouldn't? Because it's uncomfortable, right? But uh, I thought the humor in this was really great. Yeah, I, get I, on. I, I really, I seeing Daredevil interact with Thor and and having him, um, you know, just do away with with these two. It, no, it, I, I really, I'm glad I read it. I, I, I'm glad you. Uh, you nudged me there, Jason. That was good. And kind of sad, too. At, well, at, a little bit, yeah. At the, at the end, where he's like, I, I miss that guy. Yeah. You know, I miss that guy. He's a little Oh, kid. right, yeah. 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 Uh, I miss, I mean, you know, Dead, Deadpool, for good or for bad, you know, he's got one of those, um, I mean, it was a clever, it was a clever issue, right? It was, a, I mean, it was a clever issue in that it plays on the, the, one of the main things that make people either absolutely love or, or, or detest Deadpool as a character, mm-hmm. which is the constant madcap, no pun intended, uh, breaking of the fourth wall. Right. And, you know, to kind of start with that premise and then say, how can we make that into a story? Uh, it, it was really, really well done. And I, I'd love to know if that was something that, uh, they came up with the idea and said, Hey, can we do this? And then Marvel said, Yeah, let's do an annual with it. Or if, if, if Marvel, if editorial said, we, We're looking for someone to write this story, how do you feel about that? You know, I don't, um, I'm, I'm guessing given that it was, um, uh, given that they're not typically comic book writers and, and, but are comedy writers, I'm, I'm guessing it's the, the, uh, the, the, the former rather than the latter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm guessing they, they pitched this as an idea and then Marvel said, Sure, why not? Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, it, I being an unapologetic Deadpool fan, um, very much miss the, um, you know, the Joe Kelly esque, silly, you know, off the wall, insane dare, uh, Deadpool. Right. So, um, in a way, like this issue kind of pointing out that we don't have that guy anymore, it's a little bit of a bummer to me. I, I wish we we did have him. You know, I, I'd rather. Those would be the Deadpool stories I'd rather read. Well, geez, there's plenty of opportunity for them to do it. They, I think they published, like, what, two, sometimes three Deadpool books? Well, for a while, though, they had, like, four or five, but yeah. now there's one right now. I will say, though, I mean, that that being said, I think Posehn and Duggan are doing a nice job with the current book. So I, I, I have no, no complaints about it, but it's not that. It's not Joe Kelly's Deadpool. Right. I have fallen behind on it. I was a I was reading pretty steadily when it was Tony Moore, and then I... I I find it hard to keep up when it when it's not, and I like the guys that they've had doing it. Like I like Declan, and I like everybody. Like I like everybody that's come in. To, who did the the flashback ones? Um, uh, somebody I know too. <laughs> Maybe it's the guy that's invited <laughs> to your wedding. Yes, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, the, like all the artists have been really good on. It. I'm I'm. I've fallen way behind. I'm gonna probably catch up on Marvel Unlimited. Do you guys do that? Are you on, are you on the Marvel Unlimited no. app? No. That, that is my shit. It's How long do you have to wait for new issues? It's like six months behind. So it's it's, behind. it's actually not bad because you could just train yeah. yourself for those six months. Well, no, for a working professional, that's for, perfect. Waiting for a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like waiting for a trade. Yeah. So I'm uh, like I, I I'm in the beginning of uh, Superior Spider-Man. Like I've read the first ten or so. Oh, nice. It just keeps getting you know about better. Mike Hawthorne, Tony. No, it was uh, 
No, I remember get... the Hawthorne ones were good too. There were those two one shots that were like flashbacks. Uh, oh, you to... mean not to do Deadpool itself in a? You mean they weren't? They were no, in they a... were in. They were in the series, but they were like uh, issue, like fill-in issues that were supposed to be in a drawer. Was the premise? And then remember they had dusted them off, and so it was like a flashback, but it was in. The idea was that they were just a fill-in issue that was done 30 years ago of Deadpool. Hmm. They were really good. It was the ones where he made the deal with the devil. So it's like they went back in time to show him making the deal with the devil. Anyway, this is a, this is a pointless thing. Anyway, Marvel Unlimited app, very good. Deadpool, <laughs> I'm behind on. I'll catch up. <laughs> it's, it's easy to fall behind, especially with Marvel. I feel like if I don't actively try and keep up, I'll I'll blink and there'll be like 20, 30 books I need to read. It just well, se- yeah, seems Marvel like they books, put out so much. Marvel books really have to hook me to keep yeah, me reading. You talking about the Scott Koblish issues? Scott Koblish, exactly. There you go. Okay. They, they were right before Declan. <laughs> <It> was <good. laughs> Jason was like, I'm not going to sleep until I figure this out. <laughs> yeah. I own a page from the Declan run. Happily. Oh, boy. That thing was cooler. Boy, dude. I, I, I know. <laughs> no, I like Declan. It's just like. <laughs> no what are you trying to? What, I don't. What, just what? It, it wasn't a comment about Declan. It was about yeah, I got that art. <laughs> dude, you, you got a mausoleum of art. You got so much art, it's like coming out your ass. It's like your like Pikachu. He's gonna have to catch them all. Speaking of that, Palo, hook hit your boy up. I dropped you an email, son. <laughs> oh, suck a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else we got? I want to talk more about some comics here. I want to talk about, speaking of retcons, which somebody said six minutes ago, and I was like, I'm going to say speaking of retcons. Uh, David, I can't believe you actually have a problem with uh, with Wolverine saying that he wasn't ready to go when the fight starts. No, 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 no. I you can't said, believe that David has a problem with what someone said in the comics. <laughs> I said, I said, I can't believe that Wolverine, after all these years, is still going to say, yeah, there are times where it takes me a couple of punches before I can get into it. I'm yeah, not ready to go. That. That's, I, that's not. I think I the way I read that, and what, what we're discussing is the uh, Joe Madureira's Zeb Wells hardcover Wolverine and Spider Man, which I highly recommend. One of the most fun superhero comics. It is pretty. Uh, it's, it's beautiful, funny. Uh, if I could draw like Joe Madureira, that would be how I would draw. Like that's the <laughs> best artwork I would ever want to do. Um. I, if I could, I would also hire Tim Townsend because I don't know what happened to that guy. They, like nobody, where's he at? He's How come this guy doesn't have ink anymore? He's inking Chris on uh, Uncanny X Men. Yeah, was he busy? He can only do one book. There's like ten people inking that book. I know it's a fucking shame. Yeah. Wow, potty mouth. You're <laughs> talking about that body road. Are you serious? <laughs> Dick in a frying uh, pan, really? <laughs> no, but get like I a sizzle. I felt like Wolverine was saying, well, you know, Wolverine. Yeah, we're all from what he does, right? Yeah. I felt like he was saying that he gets into, like, he gets into it more after the first few punches, which is somebody who, like, the more backstory they show with Wolverine, obviously he's, he's somebody that came from, like, an abusive household. He's been fighting his whole life. I think it's okay to say that it takes getting hit a couple times before you really switch on. And, and are into the fight. Like, that's the way I read it. I, I didn't read, like, he was just like, ho-hum, off to another fight, and then, like, he has to get punched before he's actually in the fight. But you read you read the first two parts of that story, right? Yeah. Okay. 
because it it if that was if that was their first introduction to Wolverine in that story, I could maybe get behind that. But because he was narrating the whole thing from the beginning, and and was just talking about all the shit he had to do, and and he and Electra are going through a shit ton of ninjas, and and he's about to take on this big heavy dude, and again. Knowing what he's gone through over the years, it it really it it didn't. It, this didn't take place before the 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 Claremont Miller Wolverine miniseries. This is a Wolverine who's been around for a while, especially with the Avengers. And I, I, I will just say that I definitely did not read it the same way you did. Hmm. All right, we agree to disagree. We would agree though that this is a fun comic book, right? I, no, 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 no. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know if I could use the the, the, the actual term "fun" with this. Nobody but holds it, a grudge like David. No, no, no. I'm True. just because it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. There weren't. There weren't a whole lot of quips being thrown about. It wasn't. It wasn't lighthearted fair. But over. I mean, as far as the story goes, and if you're a Wolverine fan, and if 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 you know what kind of a, a piece of shit Wilson Fisk can be, and and you're familiar with Elektra. You will get enjoyment out of this, absolutely. I thought it was pretty quippy. I gotta say, all if you in the end of the, the hardcover, they have the the original pitch, like the original outline for the uh, for the Wolverine story, and it was originally it looked like it was originally going to be an Avenging Spider-Man because Spider-Man was going to be in it the whole time, and I could have gone for some of that because the Wolverine Spider-Man interplay that Zeb Wells writes is really like fun to read. It really, yeah, that you, it, it was definitely. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. It was a, um, it was, because because Spidey shows up in in Wolverine's room, you know, to basically talk him down and 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 bring him back to Earth, and knows Wolverine's pissed and and needs to just decompress and and yeah and and seeing Spidey talk to Logan and and try to get him to snap out of it. It it was the whole thing with the bread sheets and no that that was that was great stuff. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And similarly the first the first part of the hardcover is the, the first few issues of Avenging Spider Man with the Red Hulk and J. Jonah Jameson and those are uh, like a ton of fun. Yes. The Jameson Spider Man stuff in that is amazing. There's this there's I bookmarked it. There's a, a page where like they're they're on this whole underground thing with moloids and and these super like orc moloids and uh, the Red Hulk and Jameson sees Spider Man and he goes Spider Man I knew you had something to do with actually you know what never mind and Spider Man's like what what were you gonna say that I had something to do with a subterranean civil war is that what you're gonna say <laughs> and he's like I stop myself just drop it <laughs> that's a lot of good, yeah Zeb Wells is a funny writer I, it actually. I think after we're done here, I'm going to order the uh, the new mutants that he did, or not the new the new warriors that he did with Scotty because I haven't read that since it came out. That's a fun but, book. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a fun, definitely a fun book. A fun, fun writer. I definitely recommend this to people. There's no skateboards in it. Just FYI. <laughs> there's no there's no night thrashing going on in the. There's no the, there's night thrashing, but no skateboard. They took a lot of shit for that. Yeah, no, I think they just I, took shit from Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That guy Daryl hated that. He was on the on the Bendis board. Wow, that thing came out. The stuff of legend. 
Yeah, I'm having yeah, a flashback. Yeah, Daryl, we, we definitely can't have Daryl and Scotty on the same episode. I don't think we've ever guessed that was Dave. It's true. Yeah. Tony, there's some great uh, Jonah moments coming up in Spe- uh, Superior Spider-Man, too. I look forward to them. Uh, Dan Slott drags him as far down as, as I think Jonah can go without killing himself. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And. I'm yeah, it's re- it's really, and, but he he's Jonah, so he bounces back, um, and we're currently in the uh, in the upswing of Jonah bouncing back. So I think you'll like it a lot. I'm looking forward to it. Great, I heard I had, to, I had to hear the news from you guys last week that uh, the Wolverine and the X Men is ending and That's then relaunching. So it looks like yeah, it's back, baby, with yeah. Mahmoud doing it. Exclusive Marvel artist Mahmoud. Mm-hmm. And Jason Latour, who I like too, but that yeah. still is going to be a that's a that's a bummer. I love that book. It's a big transition, yeah. I'm I'm sure it'll be be fun, but we'll probably still get the the Wolverine and the X Men vibe from uh, Amazing X Men. The second issue came; it just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that too. That was a good issue. McGinnis, uh, yeah, the, maybe he may have never looked better. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. He always looks good. <laughs> Dude, you've you've converted me, man. I've been I'm waiting, I'm dying to buy him again. This page now, I'm, I'm, I'm I have to say, there's a case for meeting the man. Tip, <laughs> tip, tip <laughs> scales from nice, He's super cool dude. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, I'm really digging what he's been doing. And, and again, as, as David and I keep saying, it's. Uh, while this X-Men run is getting him a lot of attention, I think he, he's of late, he also deserves props for what he was just doing in Nova, too, because that was yeah. beautiful stuff. He has a way with the ladies, that man. That's a book that needs to get more more love, frankly. Nova? But sure. That's a great book. That's a great, great book, and it's 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 all ages. It's it, it, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find that balance when you're writing a younger younger character, and he's young, and he's and he's not, you know, and he's not young in the sense of always seventeen in a senior high school, and he's about to, you know, be a be a man. You know, he's he's a kid still, and he's got kid issues, and he's got, I uh, just uh, he's still got that wanderlust that comes with being a kid, and you know, life just looks gigantic. You know, it uh, it's great. I, I I just uh, you know, picture back when you were a kid, and and you know, you'd go to uh, like New York City or somewhere that you you know somewhere. It had never been before, and uh, or Disney or something. I don't know, you know. And, and you, when you're a little kid, and you just you, everything looks so gigantic, right? Because, and then when you go, maybe go back when you're later in life to the same places, and you look, and they think it feels just much more, you know, much smaller, much more compartmentalized, much much more just uh, ordinary. And, and you you can remember being there when you were younger, thinking it was almost magical. And then you wonder yourself, like, I, I wonder how I had that feeling because I don't feel that way anymore. And you miss that feeling. Imagine now if you're a kid with that kind of still wonderlust. Only now you have like access to the universe, like yeah. that, like that's like it's cra- I mean it's it's insane what that would what that would must be like. You know, I, I think McGinnis and uh, um, who's writing it? God, I should know this. Who JMS, right? Yeah, JM. Is it? No, yeah, it's amazing. Loeb. It's no, 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 Nova. Nova. Nova? Oh, yeah, it was Loeb. Oh, Loeb. What am I saying, right. JMS? Yeah. Uh, I got to give Loeb credit. He, I think he captures that that sense of wonderment that the, that this kid has. Yeah. Um, which is, I don't think, easy to do. So, well, no, I was going to say, I'm really surprised that Marvel, uh, as far back as Annihilation, I thought they were going to do it with Annihilation, but why haven't they groomed the the Nova Corps to be Marvel's uh, lanterns? 
Well, Mar- they, Marvel, they, they have from the beginning. Well, n- well, there's there's not a whole hell of a lot of them left. What what I'm saying is they they sh- yeah there they, was there was about a decade where there was one Green Lantern. No, well, nah, there was always the core. But what I'm saying is what DC did with the Green Lantern core, Marvel should be doing with the the Nova core. They need that's just like a a breeding ground for new characters. Well, yeah, I'm I sure think the at some point is- will get tapped. I think the difference is that people give a shit about Green Lantern yes. on his own more than they give a shit about Nova on his well, own. Well, that's the thing. Make people give a shit. Get a good writer in there to make people care. Well, you know? From, from what Wood's Nova... saying, it sounds like that's what they were doing. Yeah, but I also think, to be fair, I think a lot of the iterations of Nova, I mean, the one from a few years back was excellent as well. I just think it's, it's just, to, to Tony's point, it's just a character that that's that for some reason people don't identify with. And I do well, think, frankly, because a lot of people do view Nova as a knockoff of Green Lantern. And so, well, yeah, you got to find a hook, like, um, put him in, put him in an Avengers book, you know, that, that'll ease some of the, but the, the I, I think they try, I mean, I think Vincent, you know, that, that Nova book that came out, what, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. I think that was, the, that was a direct attempt to do what you're saying, which is to create a, a, a core and a, and a bigger mythos. And it was tied into, you know, annihilation. So people, so they thought that an obvious launching point to do that, and it just didn't stick, right? Yeah, but just, then they slaughtered all the core. They killed well, them. Uh, they killed them all. Yeah, that's, that's he's on the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon right now too. Like he couldn't yeah, be on a bigger right. stage. For, oh, is he really introducing yeah. new people? Yeah, it's it's Nova, it's Iron Fist, it's uh, White Tiger. Does she have the uh, garbage testicle bags? Uh no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't watch that. When is that on? Yeah, I don't either. Sunday, Sunday's on uh, Disney XD. Is it good? Yeah, it is. It's it's I the animation is is pretty solid. It looks different than Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh it's not as uh stylized as what Cheeks was doing with uh Spectacular Spider-Man, but it is it it works and it's it's um it's set in the. Uh, it's kind of set in the, uh, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's it's our it, it's the Nick Fury we know from the movies. Uh, Coulson is in it. He's actually the uh, the the principal at the um, at the high school where where Peter and everybody uh, everybody attends. Yeah, that's the four. It's Spidey, White Tiger, Nova, and uh, and Iron Fist. And Deadpool was in it also. That's an awesome lineup. It's fine. And they're all they're, they're all teenagers. It's like so one it's, of these things is not like the other. You got a super powered Nova, and then you know reasonably powered rest of the team. Mm-hmm. But one I, of their first battles was up against Doctor Doom. Cool. Doom. I know what I wanted well, to talk really about this week. Villain, so. Hold on, right quick. Uh, Jason meant or uh, David mentioned cheeks. Did you guys get Batman Black and White this week? Number four came out today, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't read it yet. He's in it. And I swear, I think these, like, at least one of these stories in every issue is a color story that they just turn the colors you off. Cheese, do you mean Sean Galloway? Yes. I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be so familiar. Some of our listeners, yeah, may not know who Cheese is. Liberties. We're here to Sean learn. Galloway in this issue, I, I would swear he did this, this story in color and they were just like, well, I guess we could put it in Batman black and white. Yeah. Hmm. I wouldn't like, doubt really, it, Tony. There's not a lot of contrast. It just looks gray. Hmm. Like, there's definitely ones that were drawn for Batman Black and White. It's beautiful, but I would like to see the original color version of it. Talk about strange uh, coincidences. Andrew Robinson just did an eight-page story in Batman Black or White. Number four? 
I don't know. It's just I don't know. It, maybe it hasn't come out yet. That's what he's. I just went to the last Tumblr page. <laughs> <laughs> he's excited, he and is. I'm pretty excited too because at long last, I know I'm I'm really behind on this. I finally saw Captain America, the, yeah, fir- the first yeah, Avenger, yeah, yeah. and I tweeted. Yeah, I, I direct messaged David as I was watching it. I was live tweeting it to David. Yeah, yeah. Am I about to be mad or happy? I I think by far it is the best Marvel movie. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's, no, I like I, Avengers better, but but yes, it's the best it's, standalone. I, it's I think so too. I like Avengers better, but Captain America is a better film. I agree. I I think it's a wonderful film. Yeah. And I think it holds up. I've watched all the Avengers films multiple times now, and I, I think that's the one I enjoy rewatching. Them. There's so much heart to the movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I, I, I'm not going to poop on any of the other Marvel movies, but I think if there was another character that borrowed the the thrust of this Captain America movie, brought it back, tightened it up, trimmed a little bit of the fat, I think that character's movies would be far better. Let's just leave it at that. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was spectacular, and I, I, I'm think I'm watching it, thinking to myself, you know what? If there was a breakout performance in here, like um, uh, the Joker in in uh, Dark Knight, I think I would consider Captain America the best superhero movie. But the the Red Skull, uh, Hugo, I mean, he's great, yep. but mm-hmm. he doesn't push the envelope. Like, yeah, I agree. He undersells it a bit. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if I that's Hmm? No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you. Uh, the director of that one, the guy that did the Rocketeer, I'm, I've never been a hundred percent on board with that guy. Joe Johnson, right? Right. He did yeah. The Wolfman and Jurassic Park three too. He like it all looked a little too TV for me. It, it wasn't like Stephen as King. Was I mean, Stephen King. Steven Spielberg's like like buddy. Like wasn't he like? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It just all seemed a little too. Like, not as big as you'd want it to be. Like, you know when Kirby would draw Captain America punching out ten guys? Like, there was nothing that powerful in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, don't, I, li- I just saw it for the second time recently, and I liked it a lot more the second time around. Too. I think it's pretty much... With with, with the, the, the one uh, slight need for improvement on, on Hugo Weaving, I think. And that's crazy to even say that. Because yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a great actor. But no, he's not maniacal enough. He's not... A, I don't think he's obsessed enough. If you're a Nazi and you want to rule the world, he he didn't push that, that diabolical... that fervor to just... you know, of submission for everyone to me. He was bad, but he wasn't bad enough. You know? I, but I, obviously, he was adequate. Uh, more more than adequate he was good but he he didn't he didn't really have that that spark that um we saw in that that joker performance i mean that was that was or just, even like loki is, it, is even loki right right has a spark that's more sort of uh, you want to see more of what he's up to like when the red skull dies i wasn't like oh i wish there would be more red skull Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No, but no, I think I th- that's right. I mean, and and frankly, uh, Loki, he he's probably the second most impactful actor in the Marvel superhero series now, in the sense that I, oh, I mean, so. beyond behind uh, behind Tony Stark. I mean, just right. in terms of, I mean, it seems like they're trying to find ways to get Loki in into uh, as many yeah. films as they can now. Understandably yeah. so. I mean, he's been wildly entertaining. I think. Right. Like that one scene. In, I am in, in in Dark Knight where Heath Ledger has the pencil. 
and he puts it on the on the table and he pulls the guy down like that whole yeah. scene that's magic there's something about that scene i can watch it over and over and over I agree. again and 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 the part where where uh, batman's interrogating him in in um in the the squad room it's it's gold there there's something going on with with ledger's performance in there where it's like it it's it's almost nicholson in the, in the shining level like there's magic going on the screen here there's none of that in captain america and that's what makes me sad because if there was if weaving just pushed it it would be the best superhero film i think and i love the dark knight this to me there are parts of this that that are better it it's there's not as much fat as as the dark knight the dark knight has i'll agree with david it could have been trimmed down a little bit Captain America sets up the character of Captain America really well. Oh, extremely well, yeah. Like it you you totally understand who that guy is. Even if you like if you hadn't read the comics, like it's a perfect encapsulation of like yeah. this is the deal with Captain America. This is why people listen to Captain America. The the fights look real. The 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 stuff with the with the motorcycle, it looks plausible to me. Like that could actually happen. And I'm I'm bound by a non-disclosure agreement to not tell you guys uh what I'm about to—is it easy to edit this thing, or is it very difficult? Well, you could you could I've, tell us after. Okay. Yeah. Let's just say that there's a—they've made a sequel to that film you were talking about, and I saw it, and oh. it's awesome. Oh, jeez! Already you saw it? Well, you know, you gotta live out in Hollywood. Wow! <laughs> it, I, mean, I, 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 I think huh? Mr. Goodor in our travels, so he can tell us about that. I, I, I will say the trailer uh, looks looks amazing. The trailer past ten o'clock. Yep, to yeah. our show, people. Let's Tra- go, snap, trailer snap. looks amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. And it, you know, it's Captain America has never really been my favorite Marvel hero. Uh, no, not not even not even fan. close. And I, I just thought the movie was amazing. But it's, now, Vince, you need to um, you need to see the short. That is included in the Iron Man three disc. Uh, I gotta spend a dollar to rent that thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think you'll really dig the uh, the Labido. again. Agent, rented Agent Carter. Yes. Cool. Yeah. All right, I'll do that. Yeah, you. Will. It's it's Peggy Carter as a Shield agent after the events of Captain America. Yeah. Well, how does she? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's it's still set in. Olden times. Oh, it's not, okay. It's not, it's not modern day. So, are are we supposed to assume that she's the mother of a of a maybe? Okay, that makes sense. Mother of a what? Sharon Carter. Well, yeah, duh. Well, I didn't know Sharon's mother was named Peggy. And by the way, for Who the record, Haley Atwell will find herself <laughs> wronged in lots of right ways. Yes, I agree with that. She is a vision. Oh yeah. She's the vision. I didn't think the vision was in the second movie. No, Coulson's the vision. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, yeah. What? What's your theory? I think oh, Ag- Agent Coulson's going to be the vision. <sighs> Agent Coulson, the, the, the show's not going to be on the air long enough. To I was going to say Agent Coulson <laughs> is, is going to be discontinued after season one. Oh, come on, it's not. I, oh, it's bad. It's, it's no, bad. it's not bad. It's not. It's not appreciated. I don't think. Uh, well, not, I wouldn't call it good. good. We've had ten episodes now, right? Yes. What's so bad about it? There's I think been, it's fun. There's been one. I think there's been one excellent episode. There's been two okay episodes. One episode, I'd say you take it or leave it, and then six, I think, terrible episodes. Dude, I am really not hard to please. Opportunity. What's that? Uh, the whole thing's a missed opportunity. And Vince, you're not allowed to not like Buffy. And like fucking. Thank you, Tony. Dude, that's why you're a boy. Buffy's what? trash. Come yeah, that's on. Fun. 
Buffy. Buffy. Like, when people Buffy. talk about Joss Whedon, Thank you. they're talking about Buffy. They're not Thank talking God. about this nonsense. He hasn't yeah. made a good show in a long time, I'm afraid. And and to be fair, I think it's his, his brother that makes this show. Yes. I think they, like, <laughs> brother and his brother's wife. But they keep having these... Ep- There's no superheroes on this show. Like, why would you have a whole Marvel Universe... And not just throw a fucking superhero in. It's, it's the budget. Why would you have a Thor crossover episode? Oh, it's not the budget. It's, it it's, it's that, Thor. that they're they're trying they're trying to keep them for other properties. Is was my guess. I need a little bit of pretzel with this salt. Y'all are yeah. salty. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, this this really is. It's you know, if, if Joss is doing the 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 movies, then what's his what's his brother's name? Chad. Yeah. Ch- Chad Whedon. Chad. Chad Whedon. <laughs> Sounds like it, a cheese. It, it, really, it really is kind of like if like Ron Howard had done the movies and Clint <laughs> right. Howard is... Dude, don't movie. shit on Clint Howard. Come on. <laughs> He's a, awesome. A wonderful like, character actor. It's like, it's like you cast our new leading man yeah. and they say uh, it's low and you think it's Rob Lowe and it's actually Chad Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> the grups. That Thor crossover episode was so... Like, crazy. It was... They had to go out of the way to make it less relevant. Like, they're there cleaning up stuff from the movie Thor, and then they have yeah, to go somewhere right. else to get the artifact that they're looking for. It couldn't just be there in the mess from the movie Thor. Dude, like, plus, why not just t- tie it in a little? But they have the Chitari helmet, and it's like, the premise is that you have this helmet from the movie, which you make no reference of other than to mention the Chitari. And the whole thing, though, is that there's some virus left over on the helmet. Like, what? Yeah. Like, What? That doesn't make any sense. You need to dial it back a little bit. No, I can't, I... got like got like thousands of characters and thousands of them that aren't going to sustain their own television show. I honestly do have high hopes for these for these uh, Netflix. Yes. Oh, yes. absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard is the is the J- Joss Whedon little brother biggity that I believe in. Biggity biggity yeah. puppy. But. Uh, Look, I don't want to front. A lot of people are enjoying it, including you. I knew uh, David and Vince like it, but but I, I mean, I just have to say, I, I do watch it every weekend. And like I said, for like two weeks in a row, I was like, oh, okay, it's getting better. But then I real, I feel like it's completely falling right back into the abyss. I, I this week especially, I was like, nah, son, I can't. Oh boy, can't have it. And the guy, like the main guy, the handsome dude, he's just so not anything that it's it's hard for me to to like connect with this guy. Like, what's this guy's story? I don't care. Well, mm-hmm. and this is just an aesthetic thing, and I'm sure that, but I, I don't understand for the life of me why they don't all don't wear shield, like uniform. Yeah. Right? Like, and you can't tell because they're undercover. They they drive around in a giant jet, and they have a shield. They have an ATV that's got a giant shield thing emblazoned on it. Like, I don't. They flash their badges everywhere, so I don't like. They should have uniforms. I don't get it. Like, yeah. why is a uh, uh, old girl from ER the only one that wears a uniform? Uh, so I, I she just looks don't, good in it because it's not well done. And I get a lot of money on it, dude. Like, I mean, it's, you, mm-hmm. to your point, Chris, they, they, it isn't. I, I was joking about the budget, but they, they, I mean, they they they're spending a boatload of cash on. Yeah, well, they got Disney money. I mean, come on, lay it down. Yeah, I hope it gets better, but I get so frustrated with TV shows when people recommend TV shows to me, and then they go, "You just got to make it through the first like twelve episodes." <laughs> like, well, come on, there, nothing, nothing, nothing compares to that, like Fringe, because I still will routinely I gotta tell say, people. I still, I, I haven't gotten if, through the first season. I keep if you if you I, can I, make I, it through two seasons, it's it so it good. <laughs> I get like two an episode two down, and then I'm like, it's I can't. I just I don't know. It's never is never at the top of my list because 
Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I've invested a decent amount of time and it should have hooked me by now. But it's a, it's a huge investment to get to where the payoff is. Yeah, it's I don't think seri- two it's seriously seasons, two though. seasons. No, no. I yeah. think I think once you once you learn to love the characters, you, you'll be fine because they're yeah they're... yeah. But the real payoff is after two seasons. Oh and, yeah, and it gets really good. Yeah. If ever there was a, a mark for Fringe, it was me, and it didn't work. I, I was Pacey fan number one forever. <laughs> I could not, I could not hang. Like after week three, I couldn't get down. What's that? What about Pacey? I heard Pacey's a brony. Oh god, you know who's a brony is uh, Greg Capullo's stepson. Really? That's my that's yes. Cool. That's yeah. my in. That's my in with the Capullos. Like wow. I see them at conventions now, and they come over and talk to me. It's the really? it's like my favorite thing. Yeah, like yeah. I give them stuff to give to the, to the stepson. Oh, that's cool. Now I hear somebody say something about him. You, you turn around, well, you, you'll was, have a sucking I, chest yeah, wound. Nah, he he just he just maybe shut up about. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because you don't want you don't want to get all tore up. Nah. <laughs> I got Capullo's a beast, man. I got the Creech. Off Amazon. Oh, the creature's uh, great. Because uh, I'm behind on Batman. Like I'm, I decided I'm going to read it in hardcover with this year one thing, uh-huh. zero year. And so I got the creature just to sort of fill my Capullo hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, I have a quick shout out because uh, uh, DC deserves a, a shout out for some of their packaging decisions. The um, the le- the most recent uh, uh, Snyder Capullo Batman hardcover. Which I think is the second hardcover. The third, um, the plastic. It's the, third, the third hardcover. I've been buying one hardcover. Um, the dust jacket. So it's a, the, the cover is is the Joker with the you know his new skin face, mm-hmm. and the dust jacket is uh, is, is see through. So when you remove the dust jacket, you see what's under his skin. Nice. So it's, wow. it's really well done. It's almost like cell animation, I- where the the dust jacket is the cell, and, and the layer that that layer is the uh, you know is his, is his skin mask. So I just thought yeah, that was it's a like really the nice touch. it's like the visible man in the encyclopedia. Yeah. Now, Tony, what do you think? Love that I was guy. talking about this after I heard it on uh, Kevin Smith's podcast. I, I'm, you probably heard it on our show. Like, what do you think about the idea that uh, Snyder rewrites dialogue in between the issues and the and the and the collected editions? Uh, I'm kind of all right with it. I mean, I think it must be nice to have the time for that sort of thing. <laughs> but I also get the like from having listened to that guy and sort of following him. I get the the idea that he's a little bit tortured. You know, like he seems like a super nice guy. I sort of look at at, uh, at Scott Snyder as uh, Jim Gordon Jr. from from his Batman well, from his detective run. You know, like mm-hmm. he's I don't think he's a like uh, a serial killer, but he seems like a sweet, <laughs> I don't know nice if you guy. know this, but he's he's again he's on this Kevin Smith thing where he's been on I think two or three times now. He uh, openly admits on the show, so I don't think I'm I, I don't know the guy personally. So if I know him, <laughs> he um he has severe attention to and uh, uh, not. Um, uh, he has severe uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, it's only uh, he takes medication for it. So he, I mean, so I, to your point, I think he's he is meticulous to a fault. You know, he says where it's been a problem for him. So, um, yeah, I can understand well, that. It's working for him on this Batman. Although, I, what did you guys think of? You brought up the third hardcover. What did you think of the third hardcover? Um, yeah, I mean, I I can only judge by like the momentum I have with with a book, which is to say that. I, I was making it a point to read Batman the the day it came out for months and months and months, and then after mm-hmm. that third hardcover series, I've, I've been letting them pile up. I I thought the first issue of the Death of the Family with the Joker hiding under beds and stuff like was so good, and 
and I felt like the the rest of it, the follow up, the art was of course incredible, but I felt like it's it seemed like it got its balls cut off at some point. Hmm. Like they like they called it death of the family. Nobody died. Uh, the, yeah, and the, he's, he talked about the that. Family really died. That was sort of the point: is that the death is was the death was the notion of these people being Bruce's family. You know that 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 that's the point. The death of the family was this notion that in fact they're not his family, and I they guess. have to realize that. And, and I get all that, but to your point, I, I agree. I mean, it, I think he did exactly the story he wanted to do, but I think that probably it's more on all of us as readers that we expected something he wasn't looking to give I, us. I think it's kind of suspect that the in the book called Death of the Family nobody died, and in another book at the same time. DC's number one writer killed a Robin. Like, I'm not saying. But you don't think Snyder's DC's number one writer? I do. No, I think Grant Morrison was DC. Is DC's number one writer? Oh, but, I don't like think in their mind, I think that that it's a coup for them to get Grant Morrison, and they created Scott Snyder. Would be what I bet they think. I have to agree with that. Yeah. Well, I don't disagree with you there, but I mean, in terms of, I think. But I think now at this point, I think Schneider's he's he's elevated to that John's status from a few years ago. He's he's the H H H you know he's the H N I C up in there now. He's he's bringing his guys in. He's got total control of the Bat Universe oh, sure. now. I mean he's he's that dude right now until he yeah. does something screw up. But you know what? I got to give props to DC because with this third Batman hardcover, I think correct me if I'm wrong. There's two different versions. You can get the Batman. Death of the Family hardcover, which just has the Batman issues, and you can get the Death of the Family hardcover, which has the Batman issues and all of the the other. They did that. They did that for Night of the Owls too. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because yeah. I mean, if you just want to read one, uh, the one that drew everybody in in the first place, you don't have to read all the other crap. Right. What's right. cool is that they put them out at the same time. That's right. The, that's yeah. the nice thing about it. Yeah, I it think... offsets a little bit how long it takes them to put it out. Yeah, exactly. Far too long. Yeah. All right. Looking at the clock on the wall, Chris is going to have an aneurysm. If we, if we don't. We don't drag this pony home. So remember, solicit our sponsor because they are by far the best. They're the, your best option for getting inexpensive comics. DCBService.com. Remember, image fuse number one, one dollar and seventy-five cents from Fantagraphics. Insect bath number one. One dollar and ninety nine cents and the rogue trooper out of IDW first issue dollar ninety nine that's half off the cover price. EOC eight your code extra eight percent off your already massively discounted order. DCBService.com in your travels. Another image book worth investigating. I'm three quarters of the way for through the first trade. It's knocking my socks off all kinds of ways. Uh, science is the new rock and roll. It's written by Eric Stevenson. You should know that name if you're, uh, I would hope so, yeah. Yes. Um, drawn by Nate Belgard, colored by Jordi Belair, lettered, uh, and phonographics to the lettering. Yes. Uh, it's called Nowhere Men. And it is batshit crazy. It's so good. It's, it's, um, the, it's making a lot of, like, top ten best of lists. I, I, I love it. It's, um, the the Fab Four of science. Think Beatles, but applied to four scientists who come in and change the world in all kinds of ways. Uh, they group together uh, under the World Core banner, and this is their story. And uh, the stories of those um, 
in their shadow, let's just say. It is amazing. Graphic design is outstanding. There are text pieces in here that seamlessly flow through the story, that flesh out certain characters. It's an amazing, amazing book. And I think we lost someone. No, we didn't. No. So you Not should, yes. yes, you should so. really investigate Nowhere Men. I know we've been pimping Image pretty hard lately, but it's just because they're putting out great work. And, and Nowhere Men is got to be one of my favorite books of, uh, 2013. It's just so good. Do it. Cool. Yep. That's and the first trade's really cheap. It's like nine ninety nine. Word. Yeah, no risk. Uh, I may have mentioned this, but it's been a while since, uh, um, since I was actually on the show to talk about it. Uh, is everybody excited about the J.J. Abrams Star Wars coming up? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm reasonably okay. excited. I mean, yeah, I would say cautiously optimistic. Yeah. If the story it's, is anywhere can't get any worse. near right, as exactly. good. Huh? The what? It can't get any worse. It's uh, anything. Anything after one, two, and three is a fucking step up. That's true. Yeah, I, I believe. I believe in in JJ Abrams. They could do so, sock puppets. It would be better if, if the story is anywhere half as good as what uh, Karina and and Gabriel have done on Star Wars Legacy. We're all going to be really happy because that book is exactly what you want as a Star Wars fan. It's, it's the first the first trade is out if you're a Star Wars fan and you're not reading this shame on you if you're a, a, a Gabe and Karina fan and you didn't know you know you're still reading the ape stuff and you didn't know they were doing this go get it it's fantastic they have such a talent for taking these these universes that we have a lot of love and and nostalgia wrapped up in, and that's that's a really hard thing to do. As, as Tony will probably talk about with people that are nostalgic about the, the the about the pony universe, is that you take something that you have fond memories of, and then you have someone that creates something new and tries to live up to that. We well, saw. Lucas couldn't even do that with with the uh, with the prequel movies. It's and that's the creator of the damn thing. You can't Karina, go home again. The what? You can't go home again. Is the you can't go home again in, in his case for sure. Um, but Karina and Gabriel ha- have done that, but they've done it in a uh, hundred and thirty years in the you know after the events of A New Hope with a whole new cast of characters. But they still capture the feeling of that of that universe, and you get to fall in love with all new characters, and they absolutely nail it every single time with with creating these connections with people, and uh, it's it's some of the best Star Wars that I've that I've read. Period. I, and I, I'll put it up against against the the original three films that we all love. It's the the storytelling is that solid, and and Gabe's stuff just looks gorgeous. So track down uh, their Star Wars legacy work. Yep, it's great. Rock on. They're continuing the the, uh, the legacy, pun intended, of that book being the best of the Star Wars books. Because mm-hmm. when when Ostrander was on it, it was the best. Star yeah. Wars book. By the way, I would say, uh, and not no, I mean hyperbole aside, I, I think the Star Wars books have maybe never been better there at Dark Horse because um, sure. I, I think I think the, uh, the 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 main Star Wars book by Brian Wood right now is fantastic too. Yep. Um, 
so I think they're they're two for two. I think there might be a couple other ones that I'm not reading, so I can't speak to those. But, the but those two Wars are fantastic. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple things before I just um, I need to mention because I was on it a while ago, and and I apologize to Zach and Ben. Um, they invited me on the quad quite a while ago, and and I kept forgetting to mention that. And it reminds me that I'll be meeting with Ben this coming Monday where uh, he and I will be talking with Eric Williams on the Plain Label podcast. We're going to talk about the uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, so now that the plugs are out of the way... You better talk about Sam crying a lot. What? <laughs> that, that, the end of that first movie moves Renee to tears. Mr. Frodo, Mr. Frodo. She, 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 does, she, she weeps when, when, when he is, and when, when he is wading his way into the, in, into the river and, and, um, yeah. But then she'll, really? she'll, but then she'll get the shit on, uh, on Boromir whenever he starts crying every, at the drop of every fucking hat. I, <laughs> Sean Bean, it's like, dude, really, it's like every scene he's in, he's got to say something and then he's got to cry. But yeah, so we're going to talk about the first of the trilogy. Um, and we we actually we watched the Hobbit this past weekend yeah, the the first one. And, Never seen. And, it. I watched the Hobbit. I I did too. I really dug it. I um, need to watch it. It was it, it it was enjoyable. I mean, and it was and she is a huge Martin Freeman fan. Whether it's The Office or Love Actually or I don't think she's seen Hitchhiker's Guide, but uh, and and she, she loves him as as why I know she 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 loves him as Watson. So she is um, it's becoming her. Her, her guy, but uh, uh, I do want to just give a quick shout out to Randy Gentile, who is uh, today via Comicsology his uh, his slasher comic Viral is now available, and uh, yes. it is it's it's if um, if you like uh, your your horror type movies, well, who uh, doesn't? Don't, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, check this out. Lazycomics.com is, is where you can, uh, get more info on it. But for 99 cents, you get, uh, about 40 pages, I think. So I just I think wanted so. to, yeah. uh, I, I, he's, he's a friend of the show and, and he's, uh, it's raw he's, too. He actually, and, and it was, it was at, uh, not this past New York Comic Con, but the year before when, when Tony was kind enough to let me, uh, park my shit at, at his table in Artist Alley. It was a good time, and uh, and it was and it was before his fiance was with him had the show, so I I I got lucky, and uh, and it was um yeah. and as I was you know so I, I would you know and a few times I was walking around, uh, and I I talked to Mahmoud and and Yildiray and I saw Randy for a bit, and it, it that was. It was a nice Saturday. It wasn't too crazy, and it was, it was the it was, it was the weekend before Sandy. So good times. We had that uh, street dog. That was delicious. Yeah, yeah. See, um, I'm gonna say in your travels. Uh, speaking of Mahmoud, check out uh, the Indestructible Hulk annual. Yeah, um, that was and it's, good. It's written by Jeff Park, and it's uh, it's it's uh, Science Bros. It's it's uh, Bruce and Tony in the issue so yeah give that a shot and i did read um the the issue the most recent issue i want to say it was 16 it was it was i guess an inhumanity tie-in but it was uh it was also that was also drawn by uh by mahmoud and it was about one of um bruce's uh one of the team members on his uh 
science team at Shield, but um, he draws a great Hulk. He really does. He does. He really does. Yeah. He so, draws a great I, everything, I, but yeah. I, mean, I like his Hulk a lot. So give that a shot. Yeah. Go for it, boo. Well, there he we'll went. See. Oh, 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 I get there it. There he is. It's all funny. He's trying to be boo and stuff. Um, a lot of people, ourselves included, are no doubt going to be raving in the coming weeks about Darwin Cook's next mm-hmm. Parker book. Yeah. Um, and I'm in that vein, right what's that? I'm holding it right now. There yeah, you go. Not today. In that vein, I wanted to shout out a book um, of a similar ilk before it's crowded out by the no doubt much. Um, more touted um, book of, of the same genre. And this is a book uh, by Dark Horse. Um, it's uh, called Polar Came from the Cold. It's um, written and illustrated by Victor Santos. And it's a, a very unusual um, uh, size format. It's, uh, it's uh, I don't even know the dimensions, but it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's longer than it is higher, you know, if you know what I mean. Like, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, horizontal. Landscape? It's, yeah, it's laid out Landscape horizontally. Format. Yeah. Um, and it is uh, a true crime story about um, a, a, a long-time proven uh, assassin, a spy. This is an espionage book. Um, known, his code name was the Black Kaiser. And... Um, you're thrust into a situation. He's thrust into a situation where um, he, uh, he he wants to just disappear, but of course, it's always difficult for these guys, given all the enemies, to have to disappear, and he has to uh, kind of take on one last mission. Um, and it's just a really, really exciting uh, espionage romp. Um, it would it would you know the, the scenes are are uh, right out of you know something you could see in a in a Bond movie. Um, but what's what's really I think the hallmark of this book is is Victor Santos's art. Um, there are, it's it's black, white, and red. Uh, oh, nice! Book. Yeah, and it's very, very graphic art influenced. Um, there are panels that are almost purely shapes and, and not even really illos. You know what I mean? Um, now that's not that's not all of it. Um, there, there's a real Starenko vibe here. Like a huge, he's clearly it's a huge influence clearly by Steranko. There's definitely some um, some Eduardo Riso in here. It feels like a very European crime comic, um, and, and it's just the, the 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 stark use of black and then the red pops just works so wonderfully in the book. And uh, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think it, it it deserves anybody that is a fan of the Parker novels, anybody that's a fan of. Of, of of true crime or espionage needs to have this, and I don't feel like the book's been getting much much pub. You know, I pre-ordered it just based on the solicit and some of the preview art, and I, I'm glad I did. So again, it's called Polar, came from the cold. It's by Dark Horse. It's uh, it's, it's inexpensive too. It's it's 17.99 cover price. I think you can get it for under 10 bucks at uh, in stock. Hardcover. And yeah, it's a hardcover. Love that format. Love yep. it. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. So um, it uh, it definitely deserves people's attention. Chiaroscuro. That's the word you're looking. I'm for. sorry. What's it called again? Polar. It's Polar Came from the Cold. All right, I'm writing it down. I'm going to get it. And the uh, the tagline on the back is, they defrosted Black Kaiser, now he's going to put them on ice. (laughs) Kaiser's on a roll. Kaiser Soze. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How about that? Mm Mm-hmm. Hit a bomb. Tone Loke, what you got? Um, 
First, I'm going to recommend a movie, if that's all right. We, oh, this shit. is one on Netflix, and we were talking about Captain America earlier. Uh, Chris Evans from Captain America is in this movie. It's called The Iceman, and it's about Richard Kuklinski, the, the Iceman murderer. And he's played by fucking General Zod. Uh, oh, um, Michael uh, Shannon? Michael Shannon. Creepy, creepy-ass Michael Shannon plays Richard Kuklinski. And it's really good. Like it's got Ray Liotta and David Schwimmer's in it, and oh, yeah. uh, writers. It's it's got this weird cast of like all stars. Uh, uh, James James Franco's in it, and I didn't even hear about it until it was on Netflix somehow. But it's the it's the story of the Iceman Killer. You saw the HBO documentaries, I'm sure, where he speaks about you know all his murdering. Uh, or if you didn't, I recommend watching those if you like watching people just talk about murdering. Uh, so that's good. Nothing to do with superheroes besides that it's got Captain America <laughs> and General Zod killing people in it. Um, and then comics right now, like I said, I'm working on uh, My Little Pony Team Up number two, uh, featuring the Cutie Mark Crusaders and Discord. Art's all by me, and it's written by a gentleman named Jeremy Whitley, who you guys know probably as the guy that wrote Princeless, which is going to be my in, my, in Your Travels. Ah, uh, ah. It's a book from Action Lab Comics. As far as I'm concerned, it's the book from Action Lab Comics. <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's, like the, it's the best thing those guys do, uh, and I like those guys. We're actually working on a book with them for a long time uh, that will come out whenever we have time to do it. Um, but it's a book about a princess who's an African-American girl whose parents are the king and queen and they lock their daughters in towers and the deal is they'll be rescued by a knight or a prince and uh, and then they'll become the princess of that prince's kingdom and that's the way that you become a princess and the story's about the main princess deciding that she's not going to wait for a knight and she rescues herself from the tower and takes the dragon and goes to rescue all of her sisters because she says, fuck that, you know, like, why am I going to wait around for some dude? Um, it's excellent, like, we were talking earlier about all-ages comics, and good all-ages comics, and this is uh, an excellent one. And Jeremy's sort of like, we were also talking about when you find your underground guy, and you want to keep an eye on him, and be proud when when he starts to do other stuff. Uh, not only am I excited that he's doing other stuff, but I get to draw, like, his first uh, work-for-hire stuff on My Little Pony, so... Awesome. awesome. That's great. Yeah. He's, he's one of these guys that I, I, before I met him, I liked his work. And so I sort of put myself in a position where I could, um, I was talking, I was going to lunch with my editor and he said, we're working with this guy, Jeremy Whitley. And I said, oh, I want to draw that. So, uh-huh. cool. So that's, that's what I'm doing right now. And I recommend his earlier work, Princeless. If you're a fan of My Little Pony, which I can't imagine any My Little Pony fans started listening to this thinking they would hear about My Little Pony and then they're still here. <laughs> but if you are, uh, and if you'd like a taste of what the new My Little Pony is going to be like, check out Princeless. Volume one's on Amazon. It's also on Comixology and everything else. Uh, so I recommend that. You're a good man, Tony. My thank you. Thanks for coming by, man. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, this is the, the kind of thing that helps you draw for 12 hours straight or 16 hours <laughs> straight or whatever. I got, I got a, I got a movie, got a movie of- recommendation for you, but it's a terrible one because artists don't like movies with subtitles because they uh, they can't work and yeah, that's true. and have it on at the same time. But do do you mind subtitled movies? 
I don't mind. I I have that that problem with them. I still haven't seen the rest of the dragon tattoo. Because you have to read it. Yeah, because I can't look at the TV. Take take a couple hours. Get away from the drawing board and watch rare exports. Writing it down. Trust me. Just just on on Netflix or Amazon. It's on Netflix. Watch rare expert rare exports, and I'm not even going to tell you what it's about. Just thank me later. Wow. Noted. And Vince, yes, sir. You, this may be your new all-time favorite movie. Oh, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> Whoa, better I sit on your grave? I sticks and frying pans and human skull cod pieces. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of I spit on your grave, David. Hmm? I said, are they exporting rapes? Uh, <laughs> you, you, no, it's rare exports, not rape exports. Oh, it hurts. Really dark. Wounded. Damn. And I and I want I want Vince to watch it too. I so will watch your, it. I love the your, subtitles. That's your assignment. Love them. It's it's a Finnish movie. Oh, it's not done. Hmm. It's not done. Uh, no, it's, it's a Finnish. Uh, hey everybody! Sorry hey. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for girl. for listening and uh, like the proverbial bad penny. <sighs> See, you're Ooh. way too smart for that shit. Why you got to do that? People think you're a trog. We were doing shit. Like Howard Stern's penis, Baba Booey. <laughs> <laughs> like the bad penny will turn up again next week. So uh, be here, same uh, stinking time, same stinking channel, and we will be waiting for you. Too smart. Be- you are too smart for that. Be- because we love you so much. This is my creative outlet. Okay. It's some sort of outlet. It's weird. <laughs> I think I can smell it's it from here. It's all right. We love you. Say good night, David. Good night, David. Good night, David. Good night, Dave. Thank you, Tony. Oh, oh yeah. Love you, man. You guys, take care. Be well, Tony. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. <laughs> Secretly keep me on. I'll tell you about that movie. We will. Yeah. Oh, of course we will. Bye, everybody. That's not going to hear the, the beans. Later. Bye. Peace out.